Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast and uh, stuff. Get this opening going here. Welcome to Firefox News Online, America's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules are very simple. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room. And if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. Also, bear in mind that this is a roundtable discussion format. So please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, and education. Firefox News Online Productions and its news division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. And now, on with tonight's broadcast. of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Tonight in my Talking Points, voter fraud. You know, we've been talking a lot about the coronavirus, but tonight I'm going to cover in my Talking Points the voter fraud. President Trump really nailed it today. He absolutely nailed it. Now, what do I mean by he nailed it? Well, let me uh, let me give you the uh, 
Reader's Digest. Or actually, I'll just share with you his uh, tweet, which he put out at 7.34 p.m. today. Absentee ballots are a great way to vote for the many senior citizens, military, and others who can't get to the polls on Election Day. These ballots are very different from 100% mail-in voting, which is ripe for fraud and shouldn't be allowed. He put that out there, and you know what? Of course, the lamestream media decided to attack him over it. I'm not surprised by this, and you shouldn't be either, because what happens? The mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, don't know what the others have done yet, but let's put it this way. They absolutely, positively had to stick it to him the only way they know how, by opening their big mouth. Well, I'm going to tell you something flat out. The, the fact that President Trump stated this, okay, we've known about voter fraud for years in this country. We, we've seen it time and again. But what really irks me, what really bugs the living piss out of me, is the fact that when you sit down in front of the TV and you watch the TV news like I do, um, yeah, there's a problem with that theory. You got to pick and choose what you watch as far as which channel. If you watch CNN or MSNBC, you're getting the Democrat Party's propaganda. We knew that too, didn't we, folks? Well, guess what? It even gets a little crazier. President Trump told the absolute truth in this tweet when he said that absentee ballots are definitely very different from 100% mail-in voting, which, by the way, that $2.2 trillion uh, relief package that he signed? Think about this. Nancy Pelosi wanted same-day registration and mail-in voting. Um, no. Same-day registration would lead to chaos. With coronavirus right now, that's kind of moot. But mail-in voting... It's very easy to manipulate the votes doing that. And let me tell you how it might go. If you wanted to commit voter fraud, this is what they might do. The ballots come in. They open them up. They take that name, that address. They put it on another ballot, same one, but they... Vote for the other person, and that gets counted. Your actual vote, furp, 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 torn into pieces and thrown in the circular filing cabinet. So, can you say voter fraud? 
wait a minute, let me do that, raise that question, let me do that this way. Can you say Voerfra? Sure, I know you can. My cheesy uh, Fred Rogers imitation. But <laughs> you got to admit, President Trump stated the facts. I mean, yes, absentee ballots are a great way to vote for the many senior citizens, members of the military, and others who can't get to the polls on Election Day. And yes, these ballots are very different from 100% mail-in voting, which is ripe for fraud and shouldn't be allowed. I agree with President Trump on this wholeheartedly, and I'm calling on every registered voter nationwide to oppose mail-in voting. Now, absentee ballots are a very different matter. But here again, let's bear in mind, the left wants you to register same day. Now, it's going to be next to impossible, however, to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the person is a actual citizen of the United States of America. It's going to be hard to prove that many of these illegals that they want voting are not illegal. Ain't that a hit in the head? So, look, to combat voter fraud, we must remain vigilant. We must inform our members of the Senate and the Congress that at no time should there ever be same-day registration for voting, especially during a presidential election or any election. Same-day registration can lead to chaos. Chaos can lead to disaster, and disaster, well, can lead to us getting somebody in the office that will destroy this country tooth and nail. Barack Obama was the alleged president for eight years. And what did he do? Shoved the Affordable Care Act down our throats, kissed the ring of the Saudi king. He turned around and apologized for our involvement in World War II, reduced the size of our military dramatically. Is that the kind of person you want in the White House? Again, with Bernie Sanders having suspended his campaign, well, let's face the reality, folks. Let's face the reality. Joe Biden becomes the presumptive nominee. Now, Bernie Sanders did make it clear that he's not giving up his delegates, okay? And he's going to wait this out as far as the remaining primaries or whatever the case is. He needs at least 300 or better to beat Joe Biden and become the nominee. But the Democratic Party is not going to let that happen. The Democratic Party is just going to give it to Joe. They don't want Sanders to be the nominee. They didn't want him to be the nominee in 2016. They don't want him to be the nominee in 2020. So the Democratic Party, while not using super delegates 
is using other methods to push Sanders out. Yeah, let's face the reality. Facing the possibility of same-day registration, well, that's not to, it's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. But I will say this for uh, the Democrats. They sure know how to confuse the issue by having their propaganda arms, CNN and MSNBC, speak volumes against the president ad infinitum. Look, everybody, you and I both know that if mail-in voting were to actually happen, it would be a mess, replete with voter fraud, and there would be challenges to the election. And believe me, this country has been through enough already. I mean, look at what's happened with the impeachment nonsense, the Russia collusion nonsense. I mean, everything and anything that could divide this country was being done by the Democrats. Now they're trying to attack President Trump over his handling so far of the coronavirus pandemic here in this country. When does it end? So tell your elected officials, your, your representatives in the United States Senate and the United States Congress, screw same-day voter registration and mail-in voting. That's disaster. It is disaster if it ever comes to pass. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast globally on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. Okay. Now let's see if we can get this puppy. Make sure I'm on the right mic here. All right. On the phone lines at 347-945-5747. Got Gunslinger here. What up, Gun? Oh, not a whole lot. <clears throat> Finally back online with my computer. Finally got it straightened out. <clears throat> you know, I was off last night, or on, from my main computer anyway. <clears throat> they, they, did, they, they got a mind of their own, you know. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, tell me about it. I own many computers. They often don't like me. Now, Billy said in the chat room, in regards to this, it would not be a valid election. Um, luckily for us, same-day voter registration and mail-in voting got removed from that that uh, relief package that the president signed. Because it had no place, it had no business being in there to begin with. 
okay? But you see, that's the problem. That's the problem. Here we have, you know, we have this group of lawmakers, group of idiots, more like it, called Democrats, who think they can sneak this shit in. Uh, no. Not going to happen. Seriously. It was not going to happen. And thankfully it didn't. Problem is, we ended up getting something else for our trouble. We ended up getting <laughs> a bunch of ridiculous, boneheaded assholes that are talking investigations again because Adam Schiff is calling is calling for another investigation into guess who? You believe it? If you believe this shit, gun. Uh, yeah, when it comes to these idiots, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's screwball and stupid and idiocy and all this, whatever word you want to use. Yeah, I believe it because they're hell-bound on uh, total destruction. You know you know they're going to lose in 2020. We all, we all know that. Thank God Burn, Bernie Burn dropped out, you know. Uh but when you have these people like that that is continuing just to beat the dead horse, okay, the horse is dead. The, 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 the Democratic Party well, is dead. Okay, you know. <laughs> Bernie Sanders didn't fully drop out. Yes, he said he suspended his campaign, but he's keeping the delegates. Well, he wants he may to see be what keep- happens with the remaining primaries. Yeah, he may be keeping the delegates, but basically for all good purposes, he's out. He was going to be out anyway, okay? You know who's going to get the nomination. That was Sleepy Joe, okay? That's what they want because even the Democrats, even the hardcore left, you know, mid-left or whatever, they know they don't want no socialist communism, socialist slash communist in the presidency of the United States, if he had a chance, if he had a snowball's chance and held to win anyway, which he don't. Okay, we all know that. But because they're in their comfort little zones, they're in there driving their nice, you know, plush cars and living in, you know, their mansions and all that shit. Where do you think all that money came from? How do you think they got all that money? Capitalism. That's exactly how they got it. And this is the very thing that he wants to do away with. Give everything free. That's not capitalism. That's socialism, <laughs> and it don't work, and they know it. So that there was, you know, there was some hanky panky in there somewhere that was somehow the those higher up Democrats said, <laughs> "You think we're going to let him get the nomination? We'll take Sleepy Joe, even though he's a Sleepy Joe. It's better than you know who." <laughs> oh, definitely. Doesn't it, it, it? Didn't matter whether Bernie got it or not. Of course, we knew he wasn't going to get it because they did the they did 
a, uh, a similar tactic to 2016. Only instead of superdelegates, they just made sure that Bernie, that, that Bernie went down and went downhill, and somebody else went uphill. They they also knew they were going to pick Joe Biden, but Joe Biden is a lost cause. Now, the way Bernie Sanders is talking, there are still some primaries left to go. Okay, he's only he said he's only three hundred behind Joe Biden. I don't see him gaining gaining those 300. That's why I said in my talking points, he, Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee. Until the Democratic Party officially announces he's the, he's the nominee, he's not technically the nominee yet. But it's all, it's all but the announcement. And of course, Trump's gonna Trump will squash him. Crush him like a bug. As the old saying, as the old saying goes in Texas, flatter than a than a pancake. I mean that's pretty flat, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, look, here it is, the month of April, all right? The DNC convention was supposed to take place, I believe, in July. But because of coronavirus, they're not going to be able to do it that way. They're going to have to do a virtual conference. And, of course... You know, a virtual conference. Who really will attend it? Some party uh, elites but beyond that there's not gonna be anybody in the audience unless they watch it on YouTube or some other damn thing. Now there's also this too, Gunslinger. All right. Barack Obama has yet to uh, say something. Now that Bernie Sanders has, for all intents and purposes, bowed out, the question then becomes: When is when is uh, when is old Barack Obama going to open his mouth? If he even endorse, even if he even backs his his old his, his the so-called vice president that he had, we got Mike from Louisiana on the line with us too. You mean the vice hostage holder in chief? You know <laughs> that's exactly what he was. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, pretty much, Mike. Yeah, the vice hostage you know, I mean, holder. And he, you know, 
uh, he knew Barack Obama knew that Sleepy Joe was not gonna challenge him, and, and you know, and that's why he wasn't gonna pose any threat in for him getting a second term, and that's why he put him on. The, he knew about his shortcomings, you know. He knew about it. I don't know. I don't particularly know if he's actually gonna come out and and endorse him, endorse Sleepy Joe. You know, and as far as your, uh, I was, I'm listening to your th- your things about same day vote, your your talking points about same day voting and all that stuff. Think about this: the worst, if if they get everything they want, the best case scenario would be what happened in 2000 with the dimple chads and the hanging chads and the chad chads and the this chad and the that chad. You know. You know, I mean, that would be the best-case scenario. Hmm. Okay. But, you know, uh, come Election Day, it'll be very interesting to see how the American people vote. But I have a feeling we're going to be seeing, yet again, more congressional investigation into President Trump by our favorite investigative knuckleheads, Nadler and Schiff. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let me see here. I believe. Yep. Let's see here. Yeah. According to the Hill, Adam Schiff is calling on All right. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, or as I like to refer to him as, Adam Schiff for brains sharply rebuked Acting Director of National Intelligence Richard Grinnell on Tuesday for his management changes to the intelligence community and demanded that he address some of Schiff's concerns. In a letter to Grinnell, Schiff laid out his concerns that Grinnell's changes were made without consulting Congress and that he was restricting intelligence on election security that members of Congress should be aware of. I am writing to express my concern that you are pursuing organizational and personal changes at the Office of the Director of National Intelligence without consulting or seeking authorization from Congress. 
and in a manner that undermines critical intelligence functions. This is what Adam Schiff wrote. All right. Now, one major issue Schiff expressed concern over was President Trump's decision last week to fire Michael Atkinson, the now former Inspector General for the Intelligence Community. Atkinson alerted Congress to the anonymous whistleblower complaint around Trump's July phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky that ultimately kicked off the impeachment investigation into Trump. The committee is reviewing the circumstances of Mr. Atkinson's dismissal, including whether his termination was intended to curb any ongoing investigations or reviews being undertaken by this office, Schiff wrote. Schiff and Grinnell, excuse me, asked Grinnell to provide a written certification to his committee that he would not interfere with the work of future officials that role and in that role and that he certify he has never interfered in the work of Thomas Monheim, now the acting inspector general of the intelligence community. Okay. And in the Hill also, Schiff basically uh, Schiff was warning his panel will undertake additional oversight of recent changes to the office of the Director of National Intelligence including President Trump firing the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community um Atkinson was on Sunday said he was fired because he faithfully discharged my legal obligations as an independent and impartial inspector general. Now I can't I'm not going to go through the entire letter. It's a it's a pretty big read, but I'm skimming through it to see if I can find any All right, basically, here's what it comes down to. Adam Schiff is going to investigate President Trump for firing this guy, Atkinson. And don't be surprised if another House committee decides to investigate Trump for, and I believe Nancy Pelosi made this uh, clear, investigate him for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic here in America. It's questionable. So, are you guys ready for another round of stupid investigations? Possibly leading to another dumbass maneuver for more impeachment proceedings. 
Actually, it was getting old to start out with, with the first one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's it. it I don't know. I'm almost at a loss for words of the these idiots that think. Well, obviously they're 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 digging their own grave because well they've already dug it in my opinion of all this bullshit. Russia gate, this gate, our on gate, four gate. You know, the collusion. I mean, my God, you could write a book on this, and they probably will. Okay, so you know, like I said. Would it surprise you if they tried some more shit like that? No. Because these people are... If I said that they were equal to a one-cell amoeba, it would be insulting to the amoeba. You know, that's how low these people have got. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, the way I figure it is this. It's just another maneuver by the Democrats to try and destroy this president. You know, we got more important things to worry about in this country than they're trying to kick up dirt on the president. This country has something far more important to deal with than Pelosi... Nadler, Schiff, Schumer, and whoever else wants this guy investigated, impeached, and ultimately tossed out of office. We're dealing with, corona, with, a, with a thing called coronavirus in this country. I think it's time that somebody told the Democratic side of the Congress and the Senate, either do your fucking job right, or we'll find somebody that will. Oh, I believe the American people do that. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd like to say they're dumber than a box of rocks, but that's, that would be insulting to the box of rocks. You know? I mean, think about it. Uh, these guys, these people, and here's the deal. They're, it's already April, right? They're going to start these investigations. Let's just game plan this out. They're going to start these investigations. It's going to take them a couple of months to do the investigations. By that time, it's summertime, and it's June, July, August, you know, and and we're almost butting up against the election. This is a this is the time of year. This is how stupid they are. People are going to be paying attention, even though it's going to be the same old crap all over again. They're going to be paying attention because it's it's butting up against the election. You know, by the time every mm-hmm. this game in plans thing out, uh, George. By the time they do all the investigations, uh, have all these hearings in these committees. And possibly draw up more impeachment letters of articles of impeachment and appoint new either the same or new managers. It's going to be what July by that time. I know they I know they got rid of the convention or they're thinking about 
postponing the convention, but it's going to be July by that time and getting closer and closer to the point of where people are paying attention to the election. And then, of course, they send this stuff to the Senate, and they maybe have a trial, and the same thing happens in that trial that happened in the last one. What's going to happen to the Democrats? They're going to look pretty stupid with egg on their faces. They're going to look pretty stupid with egg on their faces. Well, here's what's going to happen. Right, here's what's going to happen. He's going to win on, the president's going to win in a walk. The House is going to flip and flip. We talk about, we've talked about those 31 seats, right? And Republican leaning or district, Republican leaning districts or districts that Trump won that the Democrats took in either in special elections or normal elections. Well, there's a good shot. If they do that, if my game plan follows through and it gets that close to the election when they're doing this stuff, that those seats, every one of those seats, all those 31 seats are going to flip and there may be even more seats that flip because of it. And they're, they're, they're going, they're saying, well, we're going to flip the Senate. Well, if it's that close and it blows up in their face and they have egg all over their face again, then there's no way they're going to flip the Senate. And in fact, we could very well see this, the Republicans gain another couple, two, three seats in the Senate. Oh yeah. So that's my, the 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 predictions I've been hearing of you know on this, in between all the the COVID nineteen uh, information that's been pumping out all every day of the week, is that here you have, okay, what you know, you you got thirty one seats in in the Congress in the House of Representatives. The Senate is already majority Republican, but there are seats up for grabs there as well. If the American people are sick and tired of all this investigating and and hearings bullshit into the president for every little thing he fucking does, or they claim he doesn't do, or they claim he's done and never did, the American people are going to get so fed up with the fucking bullshit that it's going to be right out there. Those seats that are up for grabs in the Senate will go will flip red. Those 31 seats in the Congress will flip red. And uh, I... I would love to see AOC or one of the squad members lose their seat. And then what are they going to do? Blame Trump for it? Probably. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, AOC, if they can cut the head of, of the snake off, the head of the snake is AOC. She's been pumping poison into Nancy Pelosi for how many years, couple years now? 
and it. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Democrats are going to do all they can to get her out. Now, will it cost them that seat? I don't know, but they're going to do all they can do to get her out. And those those other three squad members, the least uh, the least of them, the least offensive of them, is probably Presley, Ayanna Presley. You cut the head off the snake, and she she automatically goes quiet, you know. Now you've still got Omar and Talib, and we know that we know how Talib feels about impeachment, you know. We're gonna impeach the motherfucker, you know. So that's that. So uh, if we can get rid of at least if we can get rid of Talib and 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 AOC in the process, hey, that's a win-win. But you didn't say it loud enough. You know, when you said, we're going to impeach that motherfucker, we're going to impeach that motherfucker. Remember what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, let's, and let us not forget let us not forget, ladies and gentlemen, and to my friends on the call, the very spirited vo- vocals of one and very prune-faced, I might add, <laughs> Maxi Pad Waters. In Peach 45, in Peach 45, in Peach 45. Uh, yeah. Why don't you, hey, hey, Maxi Pad, why don't you do yourself a favor? Go with Nancy Pelosi and have a 15 martini lunch, followed by a five martini snack. And if you're not <laughs> full yet, come dinner time, sit down with her and have at least a 25 or 30 martini dinner. It worked. Hey, listen. Whatever floats their boat. Nancy Pelosi often sounds like she's had <laughs> that many martinis in a day. I remember. I, I'll tell you something. I, I didn't. I haven't seen her latest uh, news uh, press conference. Like I, really, I don't even think she had one. I don't think she had one at all. But if she did. She would probably sound something like this. Uh, we have to we have to pass the bill so we can see what's. It. Oh, wait a minute, we don't have any bills to look at yet. Ne- never mind. Never, 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 never mind. I mean, seriously, how many times has she slurred her words in a press conference? Well, I lost count. Well, George, think about this. If you've ever watched her on the floor of the house, think about it. For any length of time that she's up there, be it a two-minute speech or be it a, you know, 35-minute speech that they do sometimes, you know. I mean, just look at her and listen to her on the 
Florida House. Not just the press conferences. Oh no, I, I've seen I've seen the, uh, the 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 little the, the little the little um, wino on the floor of the house. I'm waiting for the day she ends up face down on the floor of the house. I mean, no, I'm serious. Listen, back in my drinking days, I did not pass out during any drinking episodes I had, right? Mm -hmm. I've had blackouts where I did stuff and I can't remember for the life of me what it was I did. But to actually pass out where I go face first in the dirt? No. That I can de- I can definitely tell you with certainty. Never once ended up face first down first down in the dirt. Because I drank too much. Well, I'll tell you what. Gunslinger You've probably seen this in your neck of the woods because I see it up here. I, I see it up here during the summertime, especially. How many times have you seen guys come staggering out of a bar and they're staggering along, staggering along, and they're walking along, and all of a sudden, splat, face first on the ground? Nobody hit him. Nobody pushed them. They were just so drunk, they went, Spolak. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just, yeah, really interesting. I got to hand it to them. But, yeah, <laughs> that was back in the drinking days. Ooh, God. Yeah, but think about it, Gunn. That's, that, that, that should be Nancy Pelosi. The only oh, other yeah, thing you I know, she's a, she's a, she's like to, she, you know. she's like what? Mm-hmm. What's that gun? Mm, Hope didn't move it. Oh no, she's. Just, I was just saying that she's, you know, she's a drunk of, you know, drunk of drunk. So, you know, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, I think they all are, and dope heads too. Most of them anyway. Well, probably 99%. Yeah, but think about this. Have you ever heard anyone slurring their words in the Senate? When no. speaking from the Senate floor? Well, like I said, she's either, she's either, you know, tipsy, tipsy the bottle of too many times before she goes up there. Or she's actually got health issues, like you know, Alzheimer's or dementia. Because you can, you can look, you can look at her when she talks. She can't, you know, maybe thinking the words, but your mouth ain't putting it in gears. You know, okay, mechanically speaking, you can see her. You kind of like, you know, like that's not a good sign. You know, it's just like old Bernie, uh, not Bernie Sanders, but Sleepy Joe, okay? You see how he mumbles his words, and he just drifts off. You know, never, never, never land, okay? These people have got something mentally wrong, okay? And I'm sorry that they may be up in the years, but they, you know, 
<laughs> what do we do about it? You know, but those people do not, and I repeat, do not need to be in that power position, okay, at all. Period. <clears throat> oh, believe me, Gunslinger, I, I couldn't agree more. Go ahead, Mike. There is an old, a very old school term we like to, I'd like to use here. She, what they call a lush. You know. Oh, that's what yes. that's an old school term. A lush. Yep, and that's the thing. They better be glad there's a podium there to keep her upright at times. You know, in the house. I mean, I mean, look. Susan Collins is in the Senate is another one, but according to according to our buddy No Way, she has medical problems. It's not that she drinks; she has like she has some sort of medical problems, maybe not dementia, but maybe Alzheimer's or I don't know, something that causes her to shake and causes her to speak the way she speaks. Whereas Nancy Pelosi. Is not that she's just a lush, and I mean they that the 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 house the house bartender must have must have a problem keeping olives on hand. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Well, you know, it's. Still, it's still, yeah, it's still, she still, has, yeah, she still has a mental problem. You know, whether she's a drunk or not, it doesn't matter. You can tell by looking at her. She, her, her elevator don't go to the top floor. I'm surprised it even gets out of the basement. But it damn sure don't go to the penthouse suite. Okay, I'm sorry, it don't. You know, uh, the way she looks and the way, I mean, like I said, if you want to look at pure evil, well. There's a classic example of pure evil. All these idiots are evil anyway. But when you look at her and you you like you like and then you got the little temper tantrum of tearing up the speech and all that shit. I you know my my mother would have whooped my ass if I would have done something like that when I was a baby. See, they act like babies. They act like children. Okay. Well, children need to be punished, don't they? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh yeah, I mean, tearing up. And by the way, to this to this day, I still don't see how Nancy Pelosi got away with tearing up an official executive branch document. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that she got away with that shit. Okay, do you get away with tearing up the State of the Union address? And on national fucking TV. Well, again, I can answer that very simple. When you're in a position like that, a power position, what's good for them is not good for us. Okay. Oh, it's okay for them. We can break the law, or they can break the law. But if we go out here and break the law, okay, any part of it, I mean, they'll throw the fucking book at you. Just like Ron Rex says, man. <laughs> they'll throw the fucking book at you, okay? But these people can't, they think that they're above the law. And as long as, as, long as nobody tries to <clears throat> counter them or confront them about it, I mean, <clears throat> in my opinion, 
I think they ought to, people ought to go in there and drag these some bitches out in handcuffs. Okay, and let's have a trial right there on the front lawn. Okay, that's what that's what the founding fathers would do. Believe it or not, and that's not violence. That is justice. Okay, because that's the reason they set this country up the way they set this country up. Okay, they didn't set this country up for for idiots like this to be running this country. Okay, sorry, except with the exception of Trump and you know their, their, his administration. But the rest of them. Including, you know, Pig Losey and Slip the Cheese, Maxi Pad and AOC. And this was not supposed to be, okay, according to them. It's either it's either their way or the highway, the, the founding fathers, because that's the way they set this country up. And when you have what they've done and how they have completely made a mockery out of the whole system, really, they're turning it over in the graves, I'm sure. They're saying, what the fuck are you motherfuckers doing up there? Look what we set up for you guys, and, and look at you how you fucked it up by allowing these people to get in there, number one. And when they do get in there, not go in there with pitchforks and dragging them out. They used to do that, you know. They, used to, boy, they, they Back in the day, you know, when they made bad decisions or something like that, but of course the, the moral character of people that we sent to Washington back in the day was a whole lot different than what it is today, obviously. You know, it's like night and day. But if they would have done something like that, I guarantee you, those people, man, the people would go in there and drag these some bitches out. I'm telling you. <laughs> they back, better thank their lucky stars that they ain't living back in them days. Even, even further than that, think about this, John. You go back into the old West, and when there was when there was a serious miscarriage of justice, what would happen would be this. The people would get together and form these things called vigilance vigilance committees. And they would take and they would go out and they would string them up and hang them. You know, or shoot them or whatever. These committees would do that because they got they could prove they that these people were committing crimes and and they would do it and but they got off or you know somehow got off so they would come together the people would come together and form these committees and go out and string them up or shoot them or whatever you know well that was the, that was the way it is that was the that was the Law. That was, you know, when the law fails, the people take it into their own hands and their own responsibility. That's, you know, like I said, all these people that's in this government today, with the exception of Trump and his administration and everything, and people that support him, these people would have been strung up a long time ago. I, my standard motto, and I'm from Texas, is that, you know, the rope equals justice. That is justice. That is the most – in fact, the Founding Fathers, they're the ones that thought of it. It wasn't me. Okay, I didn't come up with that conception of the rope. They did because they were so proud and so uh, – to, to create a, a great country like even then was great. But when they – when somebody would go in there and try to undermine things for their own political gain, obviously that's what these idiots are doing, then that's – when the rope comes out, right? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's not cruel. It's not uh, it's not unusual punishment. No, 
it's justice. Okay, you know, back in the day, back in the like you said, back in the Wild West, you steal a man's horn and they'd hang you for it. Okay, they would literally oh, yeah. hang you for it. In fact, they used to hang people. They used to hang people down here in downtown Dallas at the courthouse. Okay, there's a room down there which I they get the museum now. I've been down there and there's a hanging hanging noose right there in that room and for the hung people. Okay, and I think they hang I think they hung them up until the twenties, thirties, I guess. So yeah, they hung a lot of people up there. So gee whiz, right in the middle of town. Why would that be? Because it's justice. And I'm sure a lot of people came down there to watch that. I'm sure they did. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing down here with uh, when we had the electric chair. People would come down here and watch people get electrocuted. You know. Used to do that here in New York when New York had the electric chair too. Yeah. New York had the electric chair. Wow. New York actually had the electric chair. It was they they gave it a nickname, Sparky. Mm-hmm. Sparky. That's what I was thinking. That's my name. The uh, Austin Correctional (laughs) Facility, Sing Sing Prison. Was where mm-hmm. they used to. That's where they used to have it hooked up at, I believe. In fact, hold on a second. Let me see. <clears throat> Let's see. I got to look this up real quick because now I'm now it's got me thinking, wondering where was old Sparky hooked up at. I can't call it Sparky's in the phone. The, the I don't think the. Uh, Search engine would actually give it to me as old Sparky. I think I think it would make them. I believe there was another. Go ahead, Mike. I believe there was another old Sparky either in North Carolina or maybe in Florida. I believe I'm not too sure about that, but I, I believe. There was another old Sparky that only within the last couple of decades stopped was stopped being used, and and uh, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, a bunch of cross country. It just wasn't just one in in use. Yes. Well. Let's see here. If I, I'm going to look at Wikipedia first and see where it was. Okay, it doesn't give doesn't give any information as to the wares. But capital punishment in New York. Okay. And I'm trying to find if they if they show Ah. Here we go. The introduction to of the electric chair. In eighteen eighty six, newly elected New York New York State Governor David B. Hill 
set up a three-member New York commission to determine a new, more humane system of execution to replace hanging. The commission, in, the commission included the human rights advocate and former <clears throat> and reformer Elbridge Thomas Jerry, New York lawyer and politician Matthew Hale, and Buffalo dentist and experimenter Alfred P. Southwick. Southwick had been developing an idea since the early 1880s of using electric current as a means of capital punishment. After hearing about how relatively painlessly and quickly a drunken man died due to grabbing the, the energized parts of a, on a generator. Well, Southwick had published this proposal first in 1882, and being a dentist, accustomed to performing procedures on subjects and chairs, used the form of a chair in his, in, in his design. I'm going to skip ahead because there's a little bit of the history on that. But um, it doesn't show where the electric chair was held, where it was placed. I have to Okay. Uh, here is what they say about Old Sparky. Old Sparky is the nickname of the electric chairs in Arkansas, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, and West West Virginia. Old Smokey was the name of the chairs in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. Uh, yeah, you're right now. Uh, this way it was in New York? I don't know. You know, let's see. Let me pause for Florida. We can count a half. That's in New York. Yeah, but does it say where it was held? Right, I'm I'm, I'm just skimming through this thing, this article, and out uh, of Wikipedia, dance uh, chamber, whatever. Same thing. Old Sparky was same first thing? used in uh, same thing. In 1891. Okay, so in 1891, uh, they had the electric chair in Sing Sing Prison. Does it say when it was removed from Sing Sing Prison? You know, before I, before you say anything on that, it says August of '63, <clears throat> from 1941, all executions were uh, from '16 from 1914. All executions were conducted at Kingston Prison using old Sparky. Uh, 
until it was abolished and until this was abolished in 2004. After the Court of, Appeal, of Appeals ruled in People versus Lavelle, Lavelle, oh, whatever, however you pronounce that name, no inmates were executed during the nine years the capital punishment was instated in New York. So 2004 was when they stopped using, when the practice was stopped, you know, Well, yeah. Two years later, 1964, 1963 or 64, they reinstated it in 1995 using legal okay, objections. I, I, I was looking at New uh, York because New York was, you know, yeah. a total... A total of 614 men and women, including four inmates under federal death sentences, were executed by electric chair in the death row house at Sing Sing with old Sparky until the, abolition, the, the, abol, the abolishment of the death penalty in 1972. Right, that's here in New York. Okay. Now, the high-profile executions include Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, June 19, 1953, for espionage for the Soviet Union on nuclear weapon research. And Gerhard Puff, August 12, 1954, for the murder of a federal, of an FBI agent. The last person executed in New York State was Eddie Lee Mays for murder on August 15, 1963. It was in 1972 that the United States Supreme Court ruled in Furman v. Georgia that the death penalty was unconstitutional if application was, incons- in- if application was inconsistent and arbitrary. This led to a temporary de facto nationwide moratorium. Now, executions resumed in other states in 1977. But the chair still remained. In early in the early nineteen in the er, tongue tied folks, in the early nineteen seventies, the electric chair was moved to Greenhaven Correctional Facility in working condition, but was never used again. Believe it or not, old Sparky old Sparky may not be may not be hooked up but it's still available. You know, I'm looking at all the rest of the states that have old Sparkies. The Ohio one is a museum piece. You know, uh, uh, James Earl Reed was put to death by one in 2008 in South Carolina. Uh, Raider Dallas Crime Commission uh, circulated a petition to recommission Old Sparky, Texas Old Sparky, which received 10,620 votes endorsement. Uh, 
West Virginia still has one. And Moundsville, West Virginia. So there are a ton of places that still have the, their old Sparkies. New York, for some reason, there. They went from old Sparky to Lethal Jackson to other things, to not having a uh, death penalty at all, to having a death penalty and not enforcing it, you know, that type of thing. So, but that's, that's New York. We know about New York, right, George? Well, I think I know a little bit more about New York than uh, than you might, but, you know, oh, yeah, I but can safely say without no, fear of contradiction. And it's only because I live here, by the way. <laughs> it's only because I live in New York. I mean, shit. It doesn't really fucking matter to me. I mean, yes, the death penalty was brought back, and then it was taken out again. Uh, personally, if you're going to do, if your state has the death penalty, and you're going to sentence someone to death, doesn't it make sense that you want them to that that the order for them to be put to death does not mean you stick the needle in their arm and if it doesn't work you save their life me personally I say bring back old Sparky bring back the death penalty in every state Hook up old Sparky, right? And show it to them. Show the inmates old Sparky that are on death row and tell them that's going to be the last chair you get to sit in. And it is not a comfy chair. It is a very uncomfortable chair. But you will only notice that for a few seconds. Yeah, really. When they put when they put that that nice little metal beanie on your head, your arms and feet are strapped to the chair. Your your ankles wrapped in 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 solid steel cuffs. Your wrists in steel cuffs with wires coming off of them. And you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the the warden says, "It's time." And you go, and you see that little wisp of smoke coming off the top of your head, but you don't see it because you're dead. Have them get an explanation like that. (laughs) Like Jared fucking T. They will. Shit their pants. Oh, yeah. It'd be like, you know, it'd be like watching the, uh, the, uh, the Green Mile, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. I mean, Gunslinger, what do you think, man? I mean, lethal injection has not exactly been the greatest way to put someone to death. 
after they've been sentenced to death by lethal injection. And if I'm not mistaken, that's also slow and painless. Well, you know, like I said, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it, okay? You know, light them up, okay? Um, either by the by the rope or the electric chair. Because it's only fair that, say you had a uh, a person that committed murder in cold blood, took an innocent life, okay, brutally, or raped her, you know, just watched her die. Okay, for her, it, it wasn't over quick. It lingered on. For this person that you're just going to give this lethal injection to, you just go to sleep. No biggie. Never wake up, but you go to sleep. No pain, no gain, huh? But while your victim is suffering from multiple gunshot wounds or stab wounds, mm-hmm. who ha- who is in more pain here? The person that they're going to get the lethal injection or the victim? I say the victim. <laughs> I, I, I hate to, uh, you know, it's, some people say, well, that's making people suffer. No, it's not. It's justice. Okay? I mean, it, it, you know... <laughs> If you're stupid enough to commit something like that, well, then you deserve what you get. Every bit of it. Right down to the kilowatt. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Gunslinger, believe me. I couldn't agree more. Right down <clears throat> to the kilowatt. No doubt. Put the, Listen. I'll tell you what. That gallery that has all the people watching... I'd have the family members of the people they murdered sitting right there and live streaming it for everybody to see. Live stream that motherfucker. Yep. You want to see how fast people lose their lunch watching somebody get fried in a chair? I would even go even further to let the family member, the closest family member to the victim, flip the switch. Here you go. That's the switch. Now, there there you would have a small problem. If uh, If the person who's slated to die... Had 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 murdered multiple had killed multiple pe- multiple people. Now you've got more than one person close to the victim. That's close to a victim. What are you going to do? Have them all put their hands on the switch together and go sayonara, well, we motherfucker. We can have we can have a switch out here that's got about a four foot you know arm on it, and everybody come over there and grab the arm, and on the count of three, one, two, three. Boom! Engage it. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, would work. Because yeah. I mean, you know, back in the you know back in the when I was doing electrical work, you know, you got these big old switchgear rooms that got these big ass breakers that got about a six foot you know handle on them, and it takes about two people to jump up there and wham, slam them in or slam them out. You know? Yeah, absolutely. We've got something oh, like that down in the basement for the laundry yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not a big hand. It's, it's, a, it's a handle, but but it looks more like uh, like, a, like like a crank handle. But from what I understand, to shut that fucker off, you better be you better be fucking Hercules. I mean, close. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Pretty or have close. two people pulling on that switch. Yeah. But you know, guys. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about we, we talk about about the death penalty. We talk about the electric chair. There there are people when the electric chair was in use that called it cruel and inhuman punishment. I say to I say to those people that call it cruel and inhuman punishment. Guess what? The person who murdered person after person after person didn't care about cruel and inhuman punishment when they mm-hmm. murdered their victims. Uh, George, I put a I, I put a clip in the chat room and this clip is about is of Ron White talking about Texas uh uh, death penalty, you know, and it's it's a very good clip. But yeah, I mean, I look I look at death penalty like this, and you know, you're on a death row. Yeah, it's costing you money to put them there, but you know, you know what happens? The recidivism rate rate of people coming out of prison is high. You know, a guy gets put in there after committing a murder at say twenty twenty five years old. And there's no death penalty, and he's for life in prison. 25 years old. And right, and and he's about that. 75 years before his life in prison for him, you know. So yeah. Whereas you put him on death row at 25, maybe he, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 15 years. But by, by age 40. It's time for him to go, and he's done after all his uh, after all his appeals. You don't have to pay for him. You don't have to, yeah, you have to pay for him to keep him on death row, but you don't have to pay for him after that ten or fifteen year appeals period. You know, that's the thing. It's a money issue with me. You know, you get these people for life in prison, and even even if they get out on, on so called good behavior. You know, you know that they go back out there and do something again. The really hardcore ones will. They're going to go out and do something again, which will probably end up in them killing somebody again. And then then you're going to have, you know, another trial and and all this stuff, you know. And that's money and that's all that stuff, you know. And that's the thing. That's why I'm. Always, that's why I've always been for the, for the, uh, the death penalty. You know, just for just for giggles and grins. The first electric chair uh, was around seventeen hundred votes. It went up to two thousand to twenty two hundred votes. The first one was DC, and they switched to AC, and anywhere from seven to twelve amps at twenty two hundred votes. Wow. Well, let's. Let's take a listen to Ron White 
uh, as he talks about the Texas death penalty. It's uh, just a hair under uh, four minutes. Take a listen to this. I think I, I, I get a kick out of Ron White. He's a trip.
hurt me in the leg, I wonder quietly to myself. Oh, that guy. Never turn around. Now, needless to say, uh, when you when you have uh, somebody sitting there and they are uh, talking about the death penalty in a comedy skit, you just have to give it up to to insanity. But there you go. Joining us on the call, my friend Dave from up in the Northern country, uh, better known as Canada. How you doing, Dave? Talking about insanity, right? Well, kind of, yeah. I mean, insanity. It's that state of mind that says you don't have a mind to have a state with. Right. So we go from insanity to a segue of, here's my friend Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it was not planned that way. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. It was not planned that way. Don't take it, poiskinals. It's your insane friend up up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, guys. Uh, there's a clip that I, w- I want to put out there. Uh, as you, as you all know. Uh, $2.2 trillion relief package was signed by the president not just recently. Uh, and there's been a lot of questions as to who's going to get the money, who's not going to get the money, and all that good shit. Well, WFMY did uh, put out a put a, put a yeah, tongue-tied, put a little something out there uh that it helps to uh, explain to people the process that they would have to deal with. Now, let's get to those stimulus. And, of course, it would help immensely if I could hear what the person is saying so I know, what, so I know it's working. Now, let's get to those stimulus check questions. Most adults will get about $1,200. For every child under the age of 16, there's an additional payment of $500. You could get less, though, if you make over a certain amount. The government knows how much you make based on your 2018 and 2019 tax returns. But Cheryl just wrote me this saying, hey, I'm a 70-year-old, and the last three years we didn't have to file taxes. So when the stimulus check goes out, do me and my husband get one of those checks? Well, the short answer is yes, but you'll need to file a 2019 return to get that check. You can go ahead and file a 2019 tax return. Now, unfortunately, it's very hard to walk into an H&R block, for example, uh, as they shut their doors. However, folks can go to irs.gov. The IRS has several free online forms and tax software to help you, and we've got a link for you in the Two Wants to Know section right now. Now, that brings us to question number two, the one that everyone is asking. Will folks on Social Security or disability get a check? As of right now, the answer is yes. Social Security um, uh, benefit um, recipients, uh, Social Security disability recipients, and supplemental Social Security income 
uh, recipients are going to be entitled uh, to the, the stimulus payment. So yes, uh, if you are uh, President Trump wants to reopen Hold the economy on. with a big bang that says it may be limited to certain areas. Sorry about that. Automatic start on videos. It makes me nuts. So, yes, there are those who will, who will have to go through the IRS, uh, you know, filing their 2019 tax returns and all that and so forth. But for people on Social Security, uh, whether it's uh, <clears throat> supplemental Social Security income, uh, Social Security uh, beneficiaries for retirement, disability benefits, uh, they will get they will get the money direct deposited to their accounts automatically. Now, as to when that's going to actually happen. There's no way of knowing for certain. The only way you're gonna you're gonna know is if you check your bank account. But is this stimulus money going to inject a? Uh, is this going to help our, the United States economy? That's the big question that every, that's on everybody's mind. So. Uh, Dave, let me start with you on that one because the way I see it is this: it's it's kind of a, it, it's a fifty-fifty shot in the dark whether whether it helps or not. At least that's the way I see it. What what do you say? Well, <clears throat> the um, the key premise behind it and. and you know, it's really because they're trying to make sure that even though the company is, is or the company, the country is, is going a little backwards right now or, or slowing down, they're really more worried that the slowdown is going to turn into, quote-unquote, a depression, right? And, you know, it's bad enough that and I don't remember what the exact figure was, but, you know, let's think about January, whatever the unemployment rate was. Next thing you know, you got all these people that are home, whether they're from, you know, stores or non-essential companies, you know, companies deemed as non-essential, you know. And then depending on how long this lasts, because as we've said before, you guys haven't even peaked yet, well, even store owners, believe it or not, are a lot like families in the sense that a lot of them are like only two months away from bankruptcy if when it comes to like the rent on their store, right? So if something like this goes on to three, four, five, six months, there's a lot of businesses that are going to be basically shutting down like for good. You know, they're going to be going bankrupt, and a lot of people are going to be out of work all of a sudden. 
So getting this money into the hands is to, you know, it's, it's the government's way of trying to keep the economy going, at least for now, until they can see when, you know, if there's going to be a second wave, well, you know, first to see when the first peak is going to be, and second to see if there's going to be a second wave, and, and so on and so forth. And even then, you know, even if there is no second wave, or if there is one, you know, when that stops, then how do you restart the economy, right? It's not like just starting up a car and starting to drive. you got to do, you got to you know, turn the system back on slowly but surely in phases, right? So this is just one of those, it's more like keeping the country basically on life support right now, you know, while they're sort of in a coma and then wait and see, okay, where do we go next? You know, it's, that's basically what it comes down to. So, But Dave, the one thing that, um, that, that I've noticed is uh, the stock market fluctuations? Uh, it's the stock market has uh, has been going ha- has shown more uh, positive uh, closes of late than negative, <clears throat> which they dealt with a lot. I think was was it last week or the week before? There were several days where the stock market was so deep in the red that. Uh, the stock market had had uh, built into the system an automatic stop feature where it would where the the market would go would be put on hold for like ten to fifteen minutes and then restart it again once it if it reached a certain percentage uh, on mm-hmm. on on the on trading uh, and that happened i believe uh at least tw- at least two, on two different days. But now the stock market is also starting to have rallies where it closes on on, on a positive numbers. Does does the stock market re- have have any uh, reflection on the uh, on the on the economy uh, as a whole, or is it just one part just one part of the economy uh, that kind of puts it kind of keeps it on life support to some extent. It's a very small component. The problem with the the, the stock market and using it as a gauge is, you know, yeah, you might have, you know, one or two days here that it goes up and down or it goes up and up, okay? But the point is you got to look at it as well over, you know, it's like when you invest in it for your retirement. You're looking at it for your one-year return and your five-year return and your 10-year return. And I think I had heard that over the last year, Basically, from where we're at now, the stock market has lost 20%, and that's that's major. That's that is borderline depression uh, uh, numbers. So yeah, it may have had a good rally here and there for two days this week and three days last week or whatever. Okay, but to have lost everything that it has lost, it's going to take a while. It's it's like the virus itself, right? If it, it's not like the virus was here for a week and then it disappeared, this is going to take months to recover from. And I just gave the example of starting up the car again. You know, this is not going to be it's like starting an airplane. You get in, you got to do this switch and that switch and this switch and that switch. You do it in progression. You don't just, it's not an automatic, it's not like an automatic car where you just turn it on and you go, right? So, you know, the stock market is one thing that they're going to be looking at. But, and and actually, it's I would actually beg the, the, the opposite, which is the stock market is looking at the government to see what the government going to do 
And, you know, the world, uh, I think the World Trade Organization just came out today saying that, you know, it's going to take like two to three years to get back to where we were in January, February of this year in terms of, you know, we were chugging along and, you know, all the gains that we had put. That's how much, you know, the economies around the world are going to have to come back from. And that's why the, you know, the stock market and WTO and all them, they're all looking at each of the different governments to see which government's doing what and, you know, so. Well, the, the, the one thing that, that I've heard uh, people say is that this could, that if things go the way, keep going the way they're going at the present time, there are some who are are predicting that it could lead to an economic collapse. Right. Where the economy completely shuts down, everything's, you know, completely shuttered. Oh yeah. Economically. Oh yeah. The likes of the Great Depression, absolutely. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at potential here of thirty percent unemployment. You know, it's it's going to be bad. You know, and that's why it's very it's going to be very important to see. You know, not just you know, the feds, but even local governments to see how they manage this and and minimize the impact that it's going to have on the various economies and stuff, you know. So all those, you know, all the local governments and all the state governments who, you know, hopefully some of them had been putting money aside in a rainy day fund because they're going to need it now. This is, you know, we're borderline, you know, shock in the arm turning to Great Depression days type numbers here, you know. The only difference is it was the beginning of the or the, the middle of the industrial revolution, but you know, now we're in the tech rev. But point is that you know industry and stock markets and WTO, the WTO and everyone's looking to see, okay, well, you know, what are you doing to get the machine started, and not just to turn on the key, but to get it done in progressions, right? So it's sort of like how they're, you know, how we are now, where what's listed essential, what's not, what's listed non-essential. When they grad, when when this is, when this starts going away, they're not just going to say, okay, everyone's back open for business, like Trump wanted for by Easter, right? This, they're going to say, okay, now let's start doing this. Let's, let, we'll include on this, uh, on the essential list now, you know, an extra twenty industries or twenty domains and then we're going to include this these domains and those domains right so and and most of it's going to be focused around who does what in the sense that like anyone who does anything close to faces you know like hairstylists and all them they'll probably be the last ones added back on right obviously but um anything where there's where you can figure out okay there's little to no contact between employees, you know, okay, well, those ones will open up first, you know, but it, it goes further than that. You got to think as well about how do these people get back to work? Once that starts happening, a lot of people take public transit. And if you do that, you're, that's where you're inviting the second and possibly a third wave of coronavirus because now people are stuck next to each other in the metro system. Right. So they got to be very careful about, how, you know, they, when I say they, I'm talking about governments, they have to be very careful. Like here in Ottawa, you know, our public transit system basically has saw, seen ridership decline by 85%. Now, once oh. we're over the peak and once, 
No, go ahead. Yeah, once we're, once we're over the peak and then they start adding businesses back on to, you know, what can be reopened, they have to do it very carefully because you don't want those 85% all of a sudden showing back up in the metro system. And, well, there you go. All the prevention you just did, you just reinvited it, right? Because remember, a lot of the people, there can still be people who are infected with it and they're just not showing symptoms, right? So some, some of those people are going to be in public transit and they're most likely going to be in public transit because they're the ones, you know, that may not necessarily be able to afford cars and stuff, right? So they got to be very careful about how they restart the economy again. And that's why the WTO was like making a projection that this could actually take up to like two to three years to get the economies all back up to full steam again, like it was in January. All right. So, so based on what you just said, as far as, you know, what companies, what businesses would, uh, would have to be the first to go back into full, back into, back into that, Production. I can talk. Go back into production. Yeah, full, back into production. Yeah. Get, get back up and running. Um, I would think uh, that the most critical uh, that contribute to the economy the most would be the manufacturing uh, would be manufacturing jobs, uh, such as the automotive industry and so forth. Um, get those back up and running because they, they're yeah. the ones that, that in, inject a lot of cash into the economy. Especially uh, the ones that the, have full automation. Yeah, any, especially the ones that have full automation where you have minimal people standing next to each other that are like two feet apart or whatever. Okay, I, I mean, if you take it, and not that I'm trying to promote them, okay, but take Tesla, for example, okay? Mm. That place is so okay. roboticized, okay? You, you you got one guy that's on the production line, and the next guy's you know half a football field down, because it's that automated. Okay, so the the places that are going to be even within a sector, you know, if you're in a let's say you produce motorcycles, okay, well those guys are probably a lot closer to each other on the production line, whereas a company like Tesla, you know, you know that Tesla that Tesla and Elon and all them. They, they like automated the thing out to wa- up the wazoo, right? So those ones will be the first ones to come back. Same thing with uh, the, the other industry that most governments will want to get going first, as soon as they can anyways, is the construction industry. You know, a lot of these places, you, you know, from, from the time you come up with the concept of blueprints and stuff like that, to pouring a foundation, to starting to erect it above ground, especially if it's high-rise or whatever, okay, to the point where you then get the workers inside and putting up partition walls and electrical and plumbing and blah, 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 blah. Okay. That, that, those can take years to do right now. If you're taking them out of service for two, three, four, five months, that in some places, especially the one the States that are right up against the border with Canada, you're talking about losing almost pretty much half of their year now, because before you know it, you're back into next winter already. Right. So, you know, of course, they're going to want to get those guys. But then again, they have to weigh. Okay, but how close do the electricians work to each other? Right. If you guys if you got guys on floor on certain floors, you know, passing wires through walls and and they're all clamped together because that's teamwork. That's how you work. Right. 
they have to be very careful about how they do it. So in a lot of these places, they're going to be, you know, the ones where those production lines or, you know, people who work in close confinement to each other, they're going to have to come up with procedures on how to work with each other so that there's minimal contact. And again, it comes down to the face mask stuff, right. And, and gloves and, and, and having extra sanitary, uh, what are they called? The Johnny, uh, the, the, the porta potties, um, the Johnny, I forget what they're called. Uh, Porta Johns, you know, you're going to have to make sure. Yeah. yeah, There was a John word though. I I should keep forgetting what the word is. There's a, another word for Porta Porta Potties called, got the word John in it. Anyways, point is that you're going to have to have Porta Johns. Porta Johns. Okay. So the point is they're going to have to have, extra things on site to be able to wash their hands more often. Almost like going to a rock concert in the middle of a a summertime. A lot of these concerts now, you know, outside the Porta Johns, you have these, you know, makeshift, you know, hand rinsing stations, right? Where you just push on the pedal and the water comes through and stuff. So they're going to have to have a lot more of these things. You know, they're going to have to relook at the whole entire picture. And okay, well, we need to get the the, the construction industry going, but we're going to need more than these porta johns that are cleaned out once a week, right? We're going to have them cleaned out more often. We're going to have a lot more of these hand washing stations, and people are, you know, the, the workers are going to be have to be let off of whatever their task is more often to go wash their hands two, three, four times a day. Okay, because again, the last thing you want is for the coronavirus to, to get a second or third or fourth wave, you know, because all of a sudden you've, you know, re-allowed these guys in a small confined environment to work again together. Right. And yeah, some of them may have already had it and then they built an immunity to it, but some of them may still be carrying it. And we don't even know because they just, you know, they didn't show off the symptoms. They, and they didn't even know they had it. Right. So that, those those would be the first two industries I would think that they're going to take a look at, but it's the same thing with stores. You know, some stores are going to be trying to get reopened as well, but then the owners are going to have to sort of like work with the health department to say, okay, well, here's what we're going to do to 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 uh, minimize the potential. In other words, do you control how many people are in the store at the same time? Right, right now already, even the ones that are still open, you've got lines going around the block. One of the things, you know, and I'm a, I'm a part, uh, you know, I, one thing I've noticed in driving around is it, it's funny how you notice what people's priorities are all of a sudden in a, in a time like we're living right now, right? And I drove by and I saw, okay, the liquor store is still open and it had a line around the block, okay? Now, the government of Ontario justified keeping the liquor store open on the essential list because they said, well, some people still have vices. Some people still have addiction, right? And if you cut that addiction off, <laughs> what's it going to lead to? They're going to go, you know, go crazy and then they're going to go out in society and they're going to go do bad things, you know, burglaries and, and all that jazz, right? And of course, it could, it could and, lead to the to the to when prohibition was going on. It could lead to bootleg booze. Well, that too. But I think it's more of okay. Well, they don't want they don't want to see the crime. They don't want to see the the fact that they're no longer 
able to satisfy their addiction and that they turn to crime and, and that they're going crazy. Right. So that's what they're more worried about. So they kept it open on that side. And then the same day I'm driving around. Next thing I see the Starbucks, <laughs> the Starbucks is still open, but instead of it being the store where that's open, where people are going in, there was cars lined up around like two or three blocks. Like, I'll send you guys the picture. Actually, I'll post it in the uh, Facebook room. It is hilarious. I'm thinking, okay, I guess we see what people's priorities are. This, the, the picture I'm going to show you, there's got to be like 20 cars in the line. I've never seen a, a drive through with so many cars and not even at freaking McDonald's, right? And it, it's like, okay, so, you know, you're going to – now, back to what I was saying. The stores that are not deemed essential right now, when it's their turn to start opening up, how are they going to protect against coronavirus and you know the, the, and a possible second or third or fourth wave? Are they going to have their doors controlled by security guards and only a certain amount of people in at a time and lines around the block? How many lines can you have on a sidewalk going at the same time, especially if you've got five, six, seven stores in a little plaza? You know, it's like which line is which, and how do you keep them like you know what what is what's the minimum distance apart? It's like. How do you keep people that far apart when you've got multiple lines going for multiple stores in a small little shopping plaza, right? It's like, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they get some of these, you know, businesses back up and running, but, you know. And as Gunslinger would say, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just so happens, you know, that, uh, uh, my doctor's office. I was supposed to go to the doctor's to see my doctor, but guess what? They're not, my 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 appointment with my doctor is going to be done online. Yeah, tell telemedicine. Yeah, uh, it's uh, telehealth. Yeah, we call it telemedicine up here. We actually already have that because the metropolitan areas, you, you can get into a doctor's office, but, you know, especially outside the rural, in the rural areas, can't get doctors as easy. So they actually have what's called telemedicine. So the doctor that actually, you have like a, a, a nursing assistant that's in the, the office in the rural area. And then once he takes your, you know, your blood vitals and all that jazz, and he asks you questions, he puts it into the system and then he connects it to Skype or to a Skype type thing. And then the doctor in the major city of Toronto or Montreal or whatever, they come on and then the nursing assistant gives a very quick one minute rundown. Okay, so this is the, here's blood pressure is this and this, da, 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 that and he's complaining of this and then the doctor starts asking you questions via the webcam. So it's called telemedicine. Yeah, and and what what what's going to help my doctor, especially with my blood pressure reading, is I have one of those. Uh, uh, battery-operated uh, blood pressure kits. So I I, I put the I, I put the cup the cuff on my arm, close it up, press a button, and it takes and it takes my blood pressure and my pulse rate. So I can give the doctor that information right from home. Does it you give go. you change? Does it give you change? <laughs> no, unfortunately, it doesn't give me. <laughs> oh my God. 
Oh, Gus, like I don't know about you sometimes, brother. I, 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 I give it up, man. That was good. I like that. Uh, no, it doesn't give change, but it, it, it does. It does. It, it, if my blood pressure goes too high, it goes till, 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 till. Um, but the thing is, this is this is a first for me to actually do a doctor's appointment through through this type of system uh, where I'm used to going to the doctor's office directly. And it's like, this is, this is the world that we're living in now where a lot of things are being done by, by, by teleconferencing systems. Uh, I'll give you another good example. Uh, in New York State, Gatherings of any size are squashed. Churches are closed. So AA meetings are now being done on a on a pro, on a site called, on a on a system called Zoom, where you can have hmm. 10, 20, 30, 50 people in a conference. In a, on this confer, on this video conferencing setup, and if you don't have video, you, you you there's a phone number that you can call into. Right, the vast majority of people either have a cell phone, you know, with with, with the front facing camera, or they have um, their computers. So, like when I'm sitting here in the house, I go on Zoom, and right then and there, right in front of my face, is this it's 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 little video screens of each person and we're able to have virtual face-to-face meetings so in the digital age because of coronavirus a lot of doctors offices lawyers and of course 12-step recovery included are using the digital are, are are making use of the digital age more now than they than previous. And when you talk about you know invention being the mother of necessity, this definitely has been a you know the, the digital the doing teleconferencing like this is a godsend in some cases. In some cases, um, but there are concerns about there are concerns about Zoom itself. Though, I don't know if you guys knew. Uh, I don't, and I don't know if it's been addressed in other shows. But um, you know, Zoom is a Chinese application, and there's been major concerns about not only about how easily it's hackable for outsiders to get into you know corporate meetings and stuff using Zoom, but also the fact is that you know depending on what the content is of that meeting do you actually want the Chinese government to be able to access it and listen to your intellectual property being discussed? You know, unlike Apple, which is an American company, you know, and Google, um, you know, there's major, major concerns now. People are, you know, the the industry experts are, are really pointing the finger at Zoom, that Zoom is really not what it should be for people, you know, companies are relying on, on it all of a sudden when they really shouldn't. So, 
Yeah, I, I think, um, hey, no way, I see you in the chat room. I, I think what, what it comes down to also, Dave, is you know there's always going to be uh, privacy concerns, security concerns with any system in use, uh, whether it's uh, one that's made in the United States or abroad. So what, I, what, what I'm often concerned with, uh, like say my doctor appointment, for example, how secure is that system? Okay, and that does that does concern me. But at the same time, I cannot avoid dealing with my doctor because I right. do have multiple health issues. And when you have multiple health issues, like high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, and so forth, you're and, and of course epilepsy. When you're dealing with all those kind of conditions simultaneously, it's a question of do I avoid the appointment or do I go forward with it and say, you know, I'll, and just take my chances, you know? Right. In my situation, I would rather take the, take the risk than not. Because, um, you know, if something, if, if there's a, if I'm having issues with side effects from one or, or, more, or more medications that I take, you know, I want to be able to tell the doctor directly as opposed to calling up the office, getting a physician assistant or a nurse and having to wait for the doctor to finish with a patient and so forth. Yeah, but and if I'm going to be the... dealing with the the difference is with the telemedicine. Okay. Where I'm, I don't believe that they're using uh, zoom for that. Okay. I believe for the most part uh, they're using like their own uh, proprietary system or they've got some sort of deal with Skype or, cause I know my, the one here in Ontario uses Skype, Skype for business. And I guess there's extra layers of security or whatever, cause you're talking about HIPAA laws here. Okay. You're talking about your medical information, and there's got to be security features for that. Now, if you're having AA meetings via Zoom, that might be a different story because who the, fa- who, who, who the F cares what the Chinese think about the 20 of you guys <laughs> all talking about your alcohol problems, right? So, and whatever it is that's discussed at an AA meeting, you know, there's no mm-hmm. major intellectual pro- – there's no major intellectual property being exchanged there. All you guys are really talking, okay, yeah, it's personal information. It's supposed to be, you know, normally it would be in a closed room and, you know, only the people in that room would hear it. But you're, you're not putting the safety of the country at risk, you know, that kind of thing, or, or somebody's personal safety. So, you know, as long as nobody's, you know, oh, by the way, my social insurance number is this, by the way, you know. <laughs> but the point being is, depending on what it I, I was just raising as a quick thing you know depend, for the business side of things businesses should really stop looking at zoom as you know even though it's a great layout the formatting looks great they got to be very careful you know and and like you just said you know the necessity uh is breed okay well this this whole episode of coronavirus is teaching everybody businesses government you know how do we develop remote working from home? How do we, you know, there's going to be, have to be a lot more security behind the, the internet-based stuff that they're doing, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So, 
Well, uh, I've got No Way uh, in the chat room, and I don't know if No Way's going to join us on the call or not. Um, hopefully he will if he's up to it. Um, but one of the things that, uh, and No Way, if, if, if you don't want me to say anything uh, about what you put in the chat room, I will keep, I won't say it on the air. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, when you talk, when you talk about health issues, okay, and stuff like that, um, now you're talking about your HIPAA rights being, possibly being, um, you know, possibly being an issue now because of this telehealth or telemedical or whatever you call it, want to call it, uh, type of conferencing. Um, now, no way said in the chat room uh, that he's going to find out in about a month um, with his lung doctor uh, what, what they will do with him uh, because he needs x-rays and CT chest scans every six months. So now we're talking about a situation where his, I said to him, you know, his doctor may, may have him go to the hospital or the plate or place the uh, CT and or x-rays. Uh, and then, you know, of course, uh, do a telehealth type of contact with, you know, directly with the doctor um, as opposed to just calling on the phone. Um, but a lot of these systems, okay, a lot of people may be very, may be a little apprehensive about doing it that way. Um, I would prefer to deal with the doctor face to face, but in light of the of coronavirus, uh, if this is the only viable option at this time available, then that's what I'll do. Um, the the harsh reality is. Uh, you know, coronavirus has given to uh, people being creative uh, when it comes to medical uh, medical contact with with their with their physicians. Um, when it comes to, like I said, you know, twelve step recovery, uh, because a lot of folks uh, when when AA meetings started going started closing their doors because, you know, here in New York state, we're not, we can't be congregated in one room like that because you're talking about having people sitting directly next to you in some case, in most, in these meetings. And if, if, if we're practicing social distancing, the only viable option is a video conference of some kind. Now, I agree with you when, uh, in regards to uh, nobody's going to give two shits if they hack into Zoom and they, they find themselves in an AA meeting. They're not going to care how, how many times a day a person ran to the liquor store when they were drinking to get their bottle of booze and what they're doing to not do that anymore and shit like that. They're not going to give no, that, but That's what, not going to matter no, to but when it comes to, no, to but one of the concerns, uh, proprietary information, uh, like in the business world, now you're now you're getting into a very dangerous area. Well, and it's not just that; it, it goes further than that in the sense that 
there's what they call a Zoom bombing that's going on right now, which, as I said, you know, forget about the, the who the owners of the of the company are. They're the hackers have figured out how to get into these meetings, and what they're doing is they're showing up in these meetings, in these company meetings, these corporate meetings, and next thing you know, they're actually playing videos of like porn and stuff like that in the middle of a corporate meeting. You know, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it, that's how that's how bad it's gotten. You know, so I'm just about to post a, a link in the in the chat room in the um, in our Facebook group. Um, which talks about you know all the a lot of the security problems that's going on, but yeah, I mean it's it, it started out as that's and that's how people got alerted to the fact that those issues was that was the first thing, and then they realized, wait a second, this is owned by the Chinese government or Chinese it's Chinese and, and they have access, and they're going to be able to see all the intellectual property being discussed too. How much of that do you want that the Chinese know exactly how? strong or weak the American economy is and the American companies are, you know, so, because you know that they're gathering information, you know, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, just, uh, I, I, this is not a, a, this is not an April Fool's joke that they put out either, uh, but USA Today uh, on April 1st put out a story Zoom issues, people hijacking streams, possible security flaws. Okay. Right. Now, what it says here is a silver lining during the coronavirus crisis for video conferencing software maker Zoom is that demand for its product is up as millions of Americans staying at home during the coronavirus crisis, have relied on the service to stay connected with family, friends, classmates, and coworkers. The downside for that uh, burgeoning growth in users and usage is that Zoom has become a target for wrongdoers and, po- and potential hackers. Uninvited guests who Zoom bomb uh, online gatherings on Zoom have become a big enough problem that the FBI is on the case. Zoom had to update its software to prevent it from sending data from iOS device users to Facebook. Zoom faces two additional security flaws that could be used to hijack a Zoom user's Mac computer and access the webcam and microphone. Patrick Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Wardle, a former NSA hacker who works with Jamf, an Apple enterprise management software firm, revealed the bugs on his blog, uh, first reported by TechCrunch. Even though Zoom has become popular and critical, Wardle says, if you value either your cybersecurity or privacy, you may want to think twice about using the Mac OS version of the app. So it goes on, it goes on to read, this new Mac vulnerability can work similarly to a malicious app uploaded onto your phone to get inside a banking app and control it, says exactly. Zach Allen director of threat intelligence at cybersecurity firm Zero Fox. Another weakness 
could let an attacker get access to your online meeting and send messages to attendees that, if clicked, would install malware on your computer, he says. Zoom has other security issues. A flaw identified by Matthew Hickey of cybersecurity firm Hacker House and first reported Wednesday by tech site IT News could let a hacker get credential data and remotely access Windows computers on corporate networks. Tech news site Motherboard reported that Zoom was sharing the email address and photos of at least thousands of Zoom users who signed up with an email address sharing the same domain. In a statement to USA Today, Zoom said it is actively investigating and working to address the Mac vulnerabilities and addressing the data, use, the data issue identified by Hacker House. At Zoom, ensuring the privacy and security of our users and their data is paramount, the statement said. New York Attorney General Letitia James sent a letter Monday to Zoom with a number of questions to ensure the company takes appropriate steps to ensure users' privacy and security, a spokesman told USA Today. The letter was first reported by the New York Times. The Attorney General's letter came after a lawsuit filed Monday. Uh, This was uh, the Monday prior to the story, apparently. Uh, First reported by Bloomberg, charged Zoom with sharing information about the user, the device, phone carrier, and other data. The suit followed Motherboard's analysis of the Zoom iOS app, which found that when the app was used, it sent information from the device to Facebook, even if the user didn't have Facebook on their device. Zoom Zoom subsequently updated its app to prevent the sending of information, the company told Motherboard. Zoom has never sold nor plans to sell users' data and does not monitor video meetings on their contents, the company said in a statement posted Sunday on its blog. Zoom takes its users' privacy extremely seriously. Zoom collects only the data from individuals using the Zoom platform required to provide the service and ensure it is delivered effectively under a wide variety of settings in which our users may be operating. The Zoom, the Zoom bombing situation attracted attention this week after, oh my Lord, after an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting in New York was interrupted by a man hollering, misogynistic, and anti-Semitic slurs and saying alcohol is so good. Business Insider reported. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Told you. I'm going ha- to have to tell, tell this to my friends in the meetings because they're going to love hearing that one. Oh, boy. In other incidents reported to the FBI, a Massachusetts high school online class was interrupted by a person cursing and shouting the teacher's home address, and in a separate Massachusetts school meeting, an unidentified person appeared on video displaying swastika tattoos. As large numbers of people turned to video teleconferencing, 
platforms to stay connected in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis, reports of VTC hijacking, also called Zoom bombing, are emerging nationwide. The FBI Boston field office warned. The FBI has received multiple reports of conferences being disrupted by pornographic and or hate images and threatening language. Zoom updated its default settings, so passwords are required and teachers are the only ones who can share content in class, the company said in a statement to USA Today. We are deeply upset to hear about the incidents involving this type of attack. We take the security of Zoom meetings seriously, and for those hosting large public group meetings, we strongly encourage hosts to review their settings, confirm that only the host can share their screen, and utilize features like host mute controls and waiting room. Should you need, a report, need to report a Zoom intrusion, you can do so on the Zoom website. As more people access the globe, excuse me, across the globe, have been told to stay at home to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus, Zoom has seen its traffic skyrocket. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Damn, my throat's drying out. Zoom has been the number one app for most of the month on Aptopia's App Store chart. The tracking firm says in March, Zoom was downloaded approximately 40 million times worldwide, outpacing social media apps Facebook, Snapchat, and TikTok. During March, daily downloads of Zoom in the United States rose more than 1,000% from 29,802 to 339,701, according to Autopia. In mid-March, Zoom CEO Eric Yohan lifted time limits on Zoom sessions for all K-12 schools in the United States, Italy, and Japan, a move first reported by Forbes. Typically, Zoom's free version limits video sessions to 40 minutes. The company had already lifted limits for China and other countries affected by the coronavirus crisis. Individuals can upgrade to a standard pro account for $14.99 monthly for unlimited length sessions. The latest security vulnerabilities should not stop teachers and others from using Zoom Zero Fox's Allen says, WFH, working from home, cannot stop. The economy depends on it. So stopping the use of tools like Zoom will be hard for everyday users, he said. Now, there are tips to control your Zoom meetings. And uh, Yeah, but they're only minimal. They're only minimal. It's, it's the, the original problem was that when you had when you had uh, set up a meeting, it was it created a URL that by default anybody could join if they could figure out the URL. So now it was simple things like okay, well, let's make the the meeting closed by default unless the person who sets it up decides to make it open. That kind of thing, right? But there's other security concerns as well, like what you were just talking about. Not to mention that in the corporate environment, like like you said, you know there was a corporate meeting going on and somebody started playing porn. 
right? So, <laughs> which I that was that one I actually found funny, but you know the point is that yeah, you, you got to be careful, and, and that's why when you mentioned the Alcoholics Anonymous, I was like, okay, now who who stands to reap though? Now that Zoom is, you know, they're about to fall back. Well, of course, Skype and their their sister sister app that's being used is called Team by Microsoft. Um, I've actually already used that for a couple of job interviews. Um, I actually don't mind. It's not that – it's a it's nice interface. Um, then there's, of course, Google Hangouts. And um, what's the other one I was trying to think of here? Um, FaceTime doesn't allow you to do, like, multiple, multiple people, but um, mostly Google Hangouts, though. That, that, one I, that one allows for multiple, you know, locations and so forth. And uh, those two, I think, are going to be the two biggest ones. So then there's also a couple of independent companies called like Team Viewer and so forth. So, but um, you know, this resurgence of 200% usage by by Zoom, <laughs> talk about quickly learning about where your flaws and vulnerability are. You know. Hmm. <laughs> tell me about go it. Ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, uh, hey, listen. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, but when you're talking about, um, oh, wow, what's his, what's his name? has been waiting, and, and the whole times don't show up anymore on Blog Talk Radio Switchboard, so I don't know how long he's been waiting, but I do believe uh, no way's here with us. Um, but look, I think, I think for, for some folks who are – because of this coronavirus situation, who are isolated in their houses and really can't go anywhere except maybe to the pharmacy or to the store, and that's it, oh, and, and to go see their doctors unless they do the telehealth, the telehealth setup. Uh, for the most part, people are isolated at home. So whether it's Skype, Google Hangouts, Zoom, uh, there's one you said uh, called Microsoft put out called Team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, okay, and if, you know, I, we got to do something. I, I'm sitting here going stir crazy. Uh, the wall, I feel, I feel like the walls are going to start closing in on me if I don't have some human contact. So they're desperate. There are folks who are desperate for that kind of human contact, even if it is by way of a video screen. So the question becomes, you know, are people that are not in the corporate world, because in the corporate world, they're going to worry about that kind of shit happening all the time. Oh, yeah. Regardless (laughs) of the platform. Yep. And the average John and Jane Q public, if they're using it for like, close to recovery, church meetings, you know, that sort of thing. Hey, listen. It's just like I'm in a chat room on uh, the chat room on Mixler or the chat room on Blog Talk Radio. You're going to end up getting trolls bouncing in and out every once in a blue moon. You're going to get trolls calling up on the phone lines every once in a blue moon. Yeah, but you're it's not going to get people coming hosting. into you're, you're not going to get people coming into your room though, putting George Singer's address out there for them to to know where to come come find you, or to uh, you know 
send send out oh, calls. Uh, and, you know. That actually happened once already, <laughs> but they gave the wrong address. I've, I've seen that happen in Block Talk Radio a few years ago. Oh yes, they will. They'll come right into your chat room. See, BTR used to have what you know them as a guest, and that and they'll come in, and yeah, they'll they'll start posting your addresses and everything else. Oh yeah, they do. So yeah. you know there there is a problem there with with the doxing, but I mean, um, what our schools are doing here, they have their own separate app. It's like it's called the the virtual uh, school room or whatever that the school virtual itself, classroom. Yeah, virtual classroom, and they put it. They gave the kids all a school laptop, and um, so they're having it at home. Now the problem they're finding is like the other day, my son shows up here. I guess the high school was having their their class, and the kids aren't paying attention. One kid is sitting there smoking a bong, asking the other kids doing it, hey, you guys want me in? You know? You mean and, he was sitting there smoking a bong while on virtual school class time? Yes, yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that's, oh, that's too much. Well, they're and they're I using it, I this. I take it home is not in Canada, right? Oh no, no, this is America. Okay. But <laughs> what what's happening? What's happening here is, like in Maine, you know, like I I mean I can't believe it. My snow and stuff is finally all gone down here in southern Maine. But hitting tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night, and into Friday morning, they're looking at another foot of friggin' snow in northern Maine hitting there in, in northern Maine. So but through the winter now, what they they have wussified our kids so bad. Here in this district here where I am in southern Maine, they they they're saying the kids are getting too stressed out for one. So they have a full day on Monday, a full day on Tuesday, a half a day on Wednesday for the little snowflakes, and then they have Thursday and Friday. So if you have a holiday on Monday, they go Tuesday, a half a day on Wednesday, a half a day, half a day is on Wednesday. But they want to do away with um, uh, snow days. They want it so that if there's a snow day, in order for your, your child to get credit, he has to, you know, they have to, first and foremost, now your parents have to get high-speed internet or a good enough internet, they have to have a computer or something where the kid can go online. So instead of a snow day, well, that's okay. We'll have class over the internet instead. But I know here in Maine, you know, um, you you get blizzards come rolling in off the ocean. Your internet could go down, and, and your internet will be down for a couple days. And just every, it's like, why are we even paying for these schools anymore when they they don't even have class anymore? The, the the kids don't have a clue to what's going on. And now you know, I mean, it's if you haven't realized that you've destroyed the youth, 
like what I just told you, sitting right there doing, you know, a, a certain class, and here, let, let's smoke a bowl. And, oh, I'm smoking a bong. And other ones are setting up dates for Saturday night right over the friggin' classroom thing. And, and it's ridiculous, you know. That's why I've been telling everybody, no school, no services, no taxes. Why should I pay my $2,500 in tax to have no schools? Cops aren't doing their job. They're letting criminals out of the friggin' jails here in Maine now. And, I mean, for what? Why are we paying taxes? I, 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 I just don't get it. But, yeah, as far as online goes, I mean, it, it's, it's gotten crazy. It, it has gotten crazy. Um, the wife always sits down. A lot of the people, the, the girls and stuff, the ladies, I always used to hang out at my uh, ETR show when I was doing it and then when I went to Spreaker. So now they, they do. They have their Saturday afternoon Zoom session. And this past Saturday they couldn't do it because Zoom was crashed. And they were having update problems, and yeah, so you know they like what Dave said there earlier, and that's exactly it. You know, they they just had a, a system that people like to use, and people would use, and it was vulnerable as hell, and they had no idea until everyone started using it. So that just goes to show you just how vulnerable everything is. On the internet So that's pretty bad But with me I don't know what the hell They're going to do with me You know I mean I have to go into the hospital They they have to do x-rays On my lungs Every six months Because The hacking sessions That I have That I can't help That you know I'll wake right up In the middle of the night I can't breathe And I'm, I'm hacking my head off To get the crap Moving is my. They're they they're looking for holes that form in my lungs uh, from the emphysema, and they're looking for making sure that I'm not tearing my lung away from the inner part of the chamber. That's also what happens. They have to monitor that stuff, and they mm. have to make sure that I haven't collapsed part of a lung and oh, all kinds of crap. I don't, I don't Dave? know. <laughs> yep. I know. It sounds Dave? like somebody fell asleep. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Eggs and bakey. <laughs> <laughs> well, he 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 worked all day, you know, because he, he he drives. Uh, he does like uh, I think it's uh, Uber and some and some food delivery uh, services, uh, and he he's been, he was on the go all day today, so, so he's probably he's probably dog tired. Yeah. Well, but, the wife um, they've um, where a lot of the labs uh, they're not getting. You don't have a lot of this stuff going on in the hospitals, the elective surgeries and stuff. 
So the pathology lab itself has slowed right down. So now they they get furlough wow. days, but they're paid furlough days. They did say through all this the um, the lab will still pay them. It's just that you know the home and set home instead. If something comes up that we need you, then we'll call you. But the wife, she did. She um, told them, she goes, I'm not going into these hospitals where these, and like there's one, this Southern Maine Med around here, it's an old hospital. They're not very, it's not a very cleanly lab. And every time she goes there, she usually catches a cold or something. And she told them this time here, and she goes, no. She goes, I, I can't, I'm not going into Maine Med or Southern Maine Med. She goes, if I get something and bring it home to my husband that's trapped at home all the time with severe COPD, you know, you're you're signing his death warrant. So they uh, they okayed her not to have to go to the hospitals. And that's why I don't know what the hell they're going to do with me. So who knows? It is crazy. Crazy, crazy. See, one of the things that that I always, one of the things that I've been worrying about, you know, because I live alone. So when you live alone and, you know, you're dealing with uh, all kinds of different stuff at the same time, allergy season's here, so my allergies are starting to kick up. Right. And... My apartment is dry. It's a dry apartment, uh, and I don't have the humidifier to put moisture back in the air. Of course, it wasn't always like this, but for some reason, the last couple of years, it's been my throat will dry out literally uh, so badly that uh, I get this dry. This, this dry cough, or I'll get a tickle in my throat that causes me to start coughing. And one of the symptoms of coronavirus is, of course, cough. Dry cough. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I was talking to the medical ass- assistant on the phone today, uh, this morning, regarding this, because uh, my appointment with the doctor was, is scheduled for the 30th of April. That's when I was supposed to see her face-to-face physically. Now it's going to be a, uh, a telehealth uh, doctor visit. And yeah, the, I, I medical, the medical assistant asked me if I had, uh, if I had any of the symptoms uh, related to uh, coronavirus. I said, well, the only cough I have is because the air in here is dry and it's drying out my throat. And uh, I don't have a fever, you know, or anything like that. And, of course, I have a smoker's cough. And the, the medical assistant heard that and she goes, George, you didn't start smoking more because of the because you're cooped up in the house too much. I said, uh, just about maybe two or three cigarettes more than usual. 
She goes, well, that might explain your cough a little, don't you think? This young lady has always, always tried to be very, you know, she, she'll talk sternly to me, but, you know, she, she, she knows that uh, I've been trying very hard to slowly wean off of the cigarettes. But as a result of being cooped up in here, I will put a mask on my face, medical uh, latex gloves on my hands, and I will walk down to the store and I will buy a pack of fucking cigarettes <laughs> in a heartbeat. Well, guess what? Well, I, if, if you're sitting there going, <coughs> ask yourself this question. Is it because your throat is dry? Or is it more likely because you're developing a, smoke, a bad smoker's cough? If you're coughing, especially after you had a cigarette, and this is how she says it to me, by the way. She does it a lot better than I do. Maybe if you stop smoking so much. Yeah. And, I, had, uh, I had a doctor. Yeah, and and, and I'm sitting here like with my cell phone in my hand, and I'm going, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've ma'am. Known, <laughs> I've, known this, I've known this lady for, for as long as I've had uh, my doctor. She's a, she's a sweetheart. She does care deeply about the patients. And uh, she said, George, other than the the tickle in your throat and stuff, as long as you're not running a a fever. You know, a a lot of this stuff today, though, George, is it's people don't realize. They they think Obamacare took over the hospitals. They don't realize the government already had control of them. The actual Obamacare was just the final nail in the coffin. Because there's so much um, control and regulation, but when you know when you look at certain documents, like uh, two years ago, when the doctor I had, I mean she she was a quack. She was a personal physician that I knew more about medicine than she did, and I proved it to her. When I had to fill out the papers to get the pulmonary doctor for my lung. You know, does it matter? When you drove here today, did you wear your seatbelt? How many firearms do you have in your house? Is this lung problem, is this pulmonary problem a strain on your mental health? These are the Uh the frigging questions. These are the questions they ask. And on all those, none of your business. None of your business. None of your... And I just put it right on there. When the doctor, he sat there and he just looked at me shaking his head. And I said, you got something to say? Nope. <laughs> you know? And, and but because this of... is the kind of stuff. This is all the new... This is all the new protocol... Doctors and hospitals do not set the protocol and the sign-up sheets and everything anymore. The federal government does. The Department of Health and Human Services, through the federal government, they're the ones that draw up these entry forms and all these forms and all this stuff, and they send it to the medical boards and everything within your state. 
this is what, mm. like in Maine, this is what Maine Health is all about. Maine Health, because it's all, if you look at the healthcare profession today, George, you, you see it just as well as I do. It's not about health. It's about profit. It's all about profit. Mm-hmm. Because, because it's the about ads the there that I take, exactly, because the doctor doesn't want me, my lung doctor does not want me to take Advair because the cortical steroid that's in it is causing mucus to be formed. And so he gives me another drug to try to cut down on the mucus, but I have the only thing that the state will pay for, which, believe it or not, for what I'm on, the Advair, is $780 a month. This other stuff is some other name for it, but it's, it's the same thing that would go in and get rid of the inflammation, but it doesn't have the steroid in it. The state won't pay for it. And he says you'd have to kick, you'd have to pay out of your pocket eight hundred dollars a month for this other stuff because they will not pay for it. But yet they'll pay for the eight hundred dollars, just under eight hundred dollars for the Advair, and then they'll pay five hundred and fifty dollars a month for the Spiriva, which doesn't help much. So they're actually they're not helping me unless. I guess they're helping me into my grave because they cause more problems than they're treating and helping. And there's nothing I can do about it because I don't have a private. If if the wife, the wife's on the VA. So in order to get me into a different health care thing, it would cost her $600 a month premium through her job. She'd have to give up her, her VA so we could both be on the plan, and then it would cost us $5,800 out of pocket a piece. This is what everyone is saying. Because, because of the amount of money she makes, we don't get any special deals. We're paying $600 a month and close to $12,000 a year out of pocket. So if I got slammed into the hospital, it, we'd have to come up with $5,800. And plus, then I would have to start paying 20% of all my prescriptions, which is, so take 20% of $1,500 a month. And, and it's like Affordable Care Act, affordable for who? Some friggin' raghead that just jumped across the border? And is here screaming Allah Akbar and wants to kill everybody? You know? And and I do. I, I get a little ticked off when I talk about it. Well, but this is I'll tell you something, way. I'll tell you something. You know, up until recent, up until a, a few, up until six months ago, the only insurance I had was was Medicare and a supplemental insurance like WellCare or Fidelis. Well, I had Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield until the, until it, it until I changed over to WellCare in January. And those so those uh supplemental insurance uh deals 
for Medicare? Ain't much of a deal at all. The co-pays are cheap. That's about the only saving grace. But once I got I got full blown, once I got full blown Medicaid to go with the Medicare and the WellCare. Well, Medicare without the Medicaid, WellCare had I had zero co-pays. I've got zero co-pays uh, with that. But because but I and that's the way it was when I had WellCare once before. But now that I have Medicaid and Medicare together, all right, all right, I don't know where I put my glasses. Oh, there they are. If I use the magnifying glass, it'll be easier for my eyes. All right. I've got zero copay for the doctor, zero copay for a specialist, zero copay for the emergency room. And whatever well care through Medicare doesn't pick up, Medicaid picks up the rest. Right. As it stands right now, I got to get brand new glasses because these glasses are five fucking years old, if not longer. <laughs> right. And while I they while they're my eyes. I can still see, see with these glasses my eyes have weakened a little bit so I do need strong I do need a stronger prescription plus I have reading bifocals that's a fun deal so now yeah I got to get I need I have I, instead of getting two separate pairs of glasses I just get bifocals and say fuck it it's easier that way Right. Plus, it's one pair of glasses as opposed to having this take one pair off, put on the other pair, back and forth. Eventually, one of those pairs are going to end up broken. And with my luck, yeah, it'll right. be the ones that I need to see distance with. Right. Do the wife, she wears contacts. I can't yeah. wear them. I, I, I'm allergic to contact so, lenses. Yeah, that's that that sucks there. But yeah, she wear she wears contacts, and uh, but like sitting home, sitting at her laptop or whatever, she'll uh, put on reading glasses to go along with her contacts. That's where I laugh. Because <laughs> you get old. Teacher. Well, here here's the deal. No, no way. Here's the deal. With my glasses. Okay, so I I put my glasses on. To sit here and watch TV, I have to wear my glasses because it's far enough away. But if I'm sitting in front of my computer screen, I just put my glasses on, and the screen is a fucking blur. It's blurry as shit. If I tilt my head up to look through the reading the bifocal lens for reading, it's even worse. So I have to take my glasses off in order to look at the computer screen. And the computer screen is approximately, I'd say, a foot to a foot and a half, roughly, away from me. 
Yeah, I, I so spoil I myself for that because I, cause I have a – well, my computer, the way it's set up is I have a 40-inch a screen and a 27-inch screen both hooked together. So, like, the 40-inch, that's where you are right now. I'm looking at you right now with your home page. Um, and I just up the size of it to about 140. And I sit right here, and I can read your chat, and I can read everything, or I can go back to Mixler, and I, I leave it blown. So I'm sitting back here about three, three and a half feet away from the screen, and I can read mm. it perfectly. But me, I can't. It's gotten to the point, yeah, you know, my age. I mean, I just turned, like I said, I just turned 56 on Monday. So, um, And a belated happy birthday yeah. to you, brother. I have uh, my reading glasses. Because, like, my Bible now, it's set down to look at the Bible, and they all blur together. So I had to get reading glasses for that. Yeah, see, I uh, that's why I wasn't around on Monday and stuff. It's also my anniversary, and it wasn't planned. It, you know, I, I joke a lot of times. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I can't forget my anniversary. I got married on my birthday. It's just It was how it happened to play out. And uh, it the, just happened to work that the, way, you know. Well, it, it did because it was weird the way it worked out. Is we were talking with the pastor and we were trying to figure a, a date, and uh, you know, in the time and everything. And all of a sudden, he just says, "Tell you what," he said, "We're all ready to go. You've got all all the documents, all your eyes across, you know, dotted and t's across, and for all." He says, "It's Good Friday." This Friday, this next Friday, we'll have the church set. The church will be all set up for the the Good Friday service that ends at seven o'clock. Why don't we just have the wedding after? Well, people are all there, and I says okay. And then it dawned on me: a full moon, Good Friday, and it was my birthday. So then we got married. So now I can never. I never forget. <laughs> well, my ex, well, my ex-wife and I, you know, being romantics, you know, we want we 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 chose Valentine's Day when we got married. Oh, gee. And yeah, because yeah, I because me with dates and everything, I'll tell you what, I can remember my brother's birthday. I can remember my mother's birthday, but my two but uh, my two sisters forget it. I can't remember. I know my sister. My one sister was born in September of 1960, and it was in the in the in the in, it was either the 21st or the 23rd. I can't I can't pin it down. My other sister. I think she was born in May or March. I, I know it's one of those two M's, and she's the oldest of the four kids. And my brother, God rest him, he used to joke with me all the time about that. He, he, he'd say, George, are we suffering from uh, long-term, memory, long-term and short-term memory loss? <laughs> you're not even in your – he did this to me when I was in my, tw- in my 20s. My 30s and my 40s. By the time I got to, to age 49, he goes, 
George, I'm really worried about you. You're, you're, you're forgetting a lot lately. Maybe we ought to have you check for, uh, um, um, you know, maybe for dementia or Alzheimer's or something. So what does he do? You know how some some say now there's a test that 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 psychiatrists will give to a, to a to a person have them remember three words or three things or something that I always three three of something and my brother goes and I want you to remember these three things these these three words I and he'd say them real slow, so because and, and it would ca- it would take me a moment to catch on. He goes, "I really suck." <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, no way. My brother had a really warm sense of humor, and he would say to me, "Repeat them back to me, please." Only repeat them back to me just normal speed. I go, okay, I really suck. And he go, George, you finally admit the truth. Yeah. Me, I was always quick on things like that. Like, say, if my brother said that to me, you know, I really now repeat it back to me. I'd go, you really suck. I agree with you. <laughs> I, 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 am, I, that at the time. I, I, I really am, you know, and, and that's the thing. That's where it, it drives, you know, the wife nuts and my boys nuts. And it, there's just something I've always been keen that way on what people say and certain things that I always seem to remember it. And like uh, there was one time we had left, uh, we had gone up home and I had a bunch of wood piled out back. We bought it in the spring and it was there and it was drying through the summer. When we came back, I, I pull in the dooryard and I look and somebody took some wood. No, they didn't. No, somebody took some wood. Because that's just how I am. I I remember things like that and how piles look and this and that. And sure enough, my neighbor came over and said, "Hope you don't mind. I grabbed a, a bunch of wood off the end of the pile here. We were having a, a barbecue and stuff, so we ran out of wood. So I just grabbed a few chunks of your hardwood." Nope. That's fine. And the boys just looked at me like, huh? It's just how I am. I, I remember things. And I I know now that if, if I ever start forgetting simple stuff like that, then I know that I'm getting old. But I'll never admit it. Never. Especially, if, you know, a lot of people, they don't realize that I'm, you know, I'm in my mid-50s. They see me now when I, I'll do a YouTube thing, and sometimes when I do the video, it will be me in front of the camera. And they swear up and down and say, you're not in your mid-50s. Well, yeah, I am, mid-50s. 
Yeah, well, that's, that's like with me, no way. You know, um, I've had people look at me, and even though my hair is turning salt and pepper and, and, and starting to thin a little, you know, if I if I didn't have the long locks I do, because I'm trying to keep whatever hair I've got on my head, <laughs> it's like, George, you're, you're, you're starting to lose your hair. Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. And I turn side. I turn the face. Turn my face sideways. I show. I pull out my ponytail and go. Are you sure I'm losing my hair? And the and they and nine times out of ten they'd be like, never mind. But, well, that's, um, that's one thing. I I've got long hair, and it was always. You know, a dark brown, or you know, real dark brown. But I guess I told mm. one too many blonde jokes because instead of getting gray hair, I'm getting that dirty blonde. You start getting blonde. blonde hair. Oh right. Jesus! Oh no! Yeah, that that's where like I I was talking with uh, a girl. She does um, a live stream sometimes. And she had me come. We were talking about the five G and all this stuff and what I had learned up on the mountain and everything with all the spyware and all this crap and everything. But she goes, you never told me you were a blonde. I says, I'm not. I says, my hair was always dark, very dark. I says, but I guess I told one too many blonde jokes my whole life. She goes, watch, because she is a blonde. She goes, watch it, watch it. And I go, well, look. And I went up to the camera. I says, look. See? Blonde. I'm turning friggin' blonde. Maybe that's why I'm so stupid lately. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I, I, I had I had gone you know you know, here in New York, I don't know if they do it uh where uh, where you are up in Maine where you are. Uh, but here in New York they proof everybody to buy a pack of cigarettes. Okay, so I'm standing, this is back when I was taking care of my mother. My hair had not turned really salt and pepper that much yet. So I'm standing in the mobile station getting a pack of cigarettes. I'm on my way back to the house. Uh, Mom was at the hospital for, uh, the, for hospice respite care. So I'm on my way back to the house. Stopped to get the cigarettes. Told the young lady what, what, what kind I wanted. She goes, can I see your ID, please? And I went, beg your pardon? Because I, I didn't know they were proofing everybody. And she goes, yeah, they did that I need for a to while see your here. identification. They still, do, they, they still have to do it here. Wow. They still have to do it here. And it doesn't matter how old you are either. So I turn around, and I, and I wear an ID wallet around my neck, you know, just like I used to wear one when I was in the service. So I slide out my driver's license, and I said, now before I, and this is before they got, they started, they, they switched, this is, I got the new one with the hologram picture. Oh, but yeah. The, the, one, the ones I used to have were in color, full, full color, a full color picture of my face. Feel sorry for the camera. Uh, 
I would hold the, the the license close to me, and I go. Now, bear in mind, it's a bad picture, but I'm gonna say something that's that you need to know. And she goes, "What?" I said, "You just paid me one hell of a compliment by asking me for my ID." She goes, "What do you mean?" I said. I haven't been proof for anything since I first was of legal age to buy beer. And that was a couple of decades or so ago. <clears throat> she goes, well, sir, you don't even look like you're, 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 in, you're in your 30s yet. I said, now I know you're, jo- now I, I said, now I know you're trying to mess with me. Right. But that day I was completely clean shaven. My hair was cut short in a buzz cut because I was, I was I was still technically in the New York Guard. So I take my hat off, and I go. So you're saying I look like I'm in my I'm in my early 30s, and and she goes, yes, sir. And I said, okay, here's my driver's license. She, <laughs> I, she takes a look at my driver's license, sees the year I was born, and she goes. Oh, this can't be right. I said, let's see. April 22nd, 1963 is the the month, day, and year I was hatched. (laughs) And that was the first time I used that line. And she goes, did you say hatched? I said, yeah, because I'm one one egg that's got a few cracks in it. (laughs) And she hands me back my license. I pay for it. (laughs) <laughs> oh God! There we go. So well, I, I will I pay, say, I pay for when, the cigarettes. I, was, I get ready to walk out the door, and I turn to her. And I yeah. said, "Like I said, young lady, you just made my day by paying me such a nice compliment." And that's when I found out New York State requires everybody buying cigarettes to show identification. Right. But I mean, I, I was I, I was still getting carded. I was still getting carded here. I, I was thirty five years old. The wife used to laugh. The wife, she's she's five years, ten months to the day older than me. Her her birth date is exactly to the day, two months after mine. Now, we'd go out or whatever. We'd go somewhere. And I'd get carded. Uh, you know, I, at this time, you know, I'm I'm 35 with with two kids at home and with a babysitter, and they actually thought I was under 21. Oh, for goodness' and now sakes! Here, now here I am. I'm in my I'm in my mid 50s, and a few of the the people that watch my videos and stuff they say, "You're not." You are not in your mid. I said, I am too. I am in my mid freaking fifties. Right, but I was fifty years old, forty nine, fifty years old, before my lungs. You know, I knew something was up. Uh, in the winter time, I would plow for a guy. Uh, we done the housing like you're in a housing complex. I saw some pictures you show that you know you've got multiple buildings and you all got your parking spot. Well, I, I would plow those complexes. I had a handful mm-hmm. of them around here that I took care of. 
And, yeah, the people, some of the, you know, of course, the flirty girls, ladies and stuff would come out probably looking for the next meal ticket or whatever. But uh, uh, they'd come out and, well, it's a good thing you guys were looking for the next sugar daddy. Yes, exactly. And I had my son with me, my youngest. Oh, no. And, uh, I mean, he, he liked the money and stuff. And, oh, yeah, they'd come out and, oh, well, he would laugh. I'll tell you, he would get such a kick out of it. Oh, two young men like you, too, and this and that. And my son would look at me and start laughing. He'd go, did they just call you young dad? They'd look at me and they'd look at him and they'd look back at me. And I'd say, I'm 50 years old. You are not. I yanked my ID right out and I said, I sure am. Because, I mean, I was 6'2", 170 pounds. I was never a fat guy. I never never had an ounce of fat on me, ever. And the construction work I did my whole life and everything else, I mean, I'm a big guy. I mean, it was not, I could go over and pick up a 200-pound air conditioner and lug it right out of somebody's window and this and that. That's just what I did my whole life. Is I work like that, so I I wasn't and I I didn't. Plus, I think it's it's part of being an Indian. I just didn't age, and Scots Irish. I just I didn't show my age, and I still don't show my age. I, I think that's part of the reason why I don't show my age the way I should. Because I'm I'm turning fifty seven on the twenty second, okay, and on my mother's side of the family. We're part Cherokee. So the reason my hair hasn't completely gone gray on me, although it's getting there slowly, it's (laughs) it's because of my my heritage. I I firmly believe that. Uh, My mother, for years, didn't show hardly any gray at all. In fact, she didn't have any gray until she turned 70. Then she started getting gray in her hair. Gradually. On the day she died, she was like me, like I am right now, salt and pepper. Right. Yeah, my my mother was, you know, all through She her, died when she was 75. Her, yeah, my mother passed away a couple of years ago. She was 73. Yeah, 73. And, yeah, she had hardly any gray at all, and, and she sure did not look, no, 70, you know, in her 70s. She didn't look like she was in her 70s. Now, Dad, being a Scotch-Irishman, yeah, he showed his age. But I think a lot of that was his nastiness. I always used to tell him, yeah, you're so rotten on the inside, it's showing. My father, my father was all gray when he was sixty-six. Okay, and he died at the oh, age yeah, my, of sixty-six. My older brother is. My 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 older brother takes after dad's side. He was forty-seven, I think, when he was forty-seven. He's five years older than me. When he was in his late forties, he was as white as a snowbank. That's and like I my, my younger friend brother, across the river from me. My younger brother, my friend, 
where he's a pastor, I know for a fact that he dyes his hair black. But me, but me, I'm, uh, yeah, I never dyed my hair. I can hardly grow a friggin' beard or anything. And, uh, yeah, my, my hair now is blonde. And I don't like it. <laughs> now, when, 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 I, when I grow a beard, and I have trouble growing beards, because I'll, I'll end up with a goatee, and the side, and my, and the side on the side of my face, my the side of my face, will be very light as far as uh, facial hair. But if right. I if yeah, I, I, if I just if I shave that off and leave the goatee, I've got a white streak on going from right right between right right in the middle of my ch- of my chin. It's all it goes all white, and then and it's dark on the sides. And I'm like, oh wow, oh man, I look like a I look like a mafia hitman ready to go on a, on a, on a, on a, on, a, on, a, on a hit. Oh no, you you want to hear something funny, George? When the first time um, three and a half years ago, when I wound up in the hospital with my when my lungs first the first time they shut down, I mean I I was getting ready to go plowing but I passed out because I couldn't breathe. And I got right back up, and I was still going to go plowing. And, um, you know, so the wife called the ambulance and said, you're not going anywhere. You're done. I couldn't catch my breath or nothing. But they, after a couple days of just laying in the bed, the doctor comes in, and he pulls up the pants, my uh, sweatpants I had on, and he pulls it up, and he looks, and he goes, are you losing the hair on your legs? I looked at him and go, huh? He says, you, you, you losing the hair on your legs? I said, don't you have to have hair on your legs to lose it? <laughs> I, no, I've got, I don't that, grow hair on my legs. I ain't got no hair <laughs> on my legs either. And it's like the doctor, I was wearing shorts last summer, and I walked into the doctor's office. She took one look at my legs, and she goes, George, did you did you did you did, did your girlfriend shave your legs when you were asleep? I said no. I, right. I just don't have hair on my legs. And she goes, "Right, you lucky bastard." I said, "What?" I, I've got no hair on my my legs, my arms, my chest. I, I grow hair on my head, both of them. That's it, and very little. The only place I grow good hair on my arms hair is on funny. top of my head. Yeah, I'm I'm as bald as as can be. I always have been. I can't even. I, I don't have enough. When I what? when I took my shirt off to the doctor to uh, do to do the uh, so she can check my lungs and everything, and she took one look at my chest. She goes, "I expected to find. I expected you to be a gorilla." And I looked <laughs> at her and went, huh? And she goes, "Your brother came to see me." I said, "Oh, he told me about this. My brother was, was a hair had had a hairy had a, a hairy chest." So she looks at me and she goes, "There ain't no hair anywhere on your chest, not even on your stomach. What the hell? No. What are you? You're, you're, you and Billy are brothers?" I said, uh, "Yeah, we have the same last right. name, uh, the same parents, and." Uh, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have, you know, we're brothers. She goes, your arms are barely hairy. Your legs have no hair at all. Your chest has nothing to it. Right. And, and I, I said, well, what, 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 and I'm pointing to, I point to the top of my head and I go, well, what about here? She goes, well, that's cover the hair that you have on top of your head is covering up the fact that you're, that you have no brains in your head. <laughs> Hold the same in place. I, Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> holds the sand, the sand in place. That's what I tell them. So I need my long hair. It holds the sand in place. There you go. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I saw a buddy of mine that I served with. Uh, he was passing through the area, and he stopped by. Uh, because uh, he he lives up he lives uh, up he lives up uh, he lives he lives up in uh, up there in uh, Massachusetts during the summer. He stays at his uh, wife's. His wife has a, has a summer house up there that was willed to her by her parents. So they go up there for the summer, and he he was on his way through here to go check on the house, and he stops here and he looks at me and he goes, "Hey, Sarge." What the hell is that on the back of your head? I said, the back of my head. No, it's not. No, no, no. What's what's all that 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 that? What's that long stuff on the back of your head? And I went. I I reached back. I grabbed the ponytail. And I go. Oh, you mean this? And he goes, Yeah, that. I said, Oh, that's that's just my extra mop. Right. Tell him that's my antenna. <laughs> I remember that one from the next time I... Right, tell him that's, that's my antenna. Because <laughs> he, he looked, because the way the way I have my hair set set back, I pull it back so tight that it doesn't even cover my ears. Okay, so what happens is he's looking at my face and he's looking he, he doesn't, he's looking at the sides of my head and he can't see the back of it until i turn my i turn the face either left or right and then he notices the ponytail sitting there he's like sarge you went native what <laughs> me i, d- I don't a- wear a ponytail because my hair is too curly the friggin' stuff, if I put it in a ponytail, ends up in a big knot. Oh. So I, yeah, yeah, I've got, real bad. My straight, but uh, after running it in a ponytail so much, when, when, I, when, when, I, when, when I open it up to wash my hair, it's, it's got some, a little bit of curl to it, and I'm like, Jeez, I gotta put this back in a ponytail fast, and it takes longer for my hair to dry. So I gotta use a blow dryer on this shit. And I'm like, okay, let's dry it off here. Time to come on out and hurry up, damn it! I, yo, yo, when you hurry up and dry already, I want to get a ponytail back in so it don't look so tacky. <laughs> right. Well, I I got uh, I got some pictures of uh, when I was you know younger and stuff and curls. Friggin' curls, unbelievable. There's even one of them, uh, a girl I was seeing at the time before I met the wife. I'm sitting at an old orchard beach, and uh, 
I'm sitting on a, a pile of rocks, and she took. I had my hat on, and she takes a picture. Well, after she took the picture, she realized my hair, about you know twenty some odd inches of hair, was standing right out straight from the wind on the side of my head. So you know you can see how long the hair was, and uh, yeah, but it curly, curly, curly. I've always had wicked curly hair. That's why I laugh. My boys are just the same. Nice curly hair, but they shave theirs down. They almost well, go skinhead. Back back in back in my uh, back in my late twenties and early thirties, uh, I used in the summertime. I would I would get crew cuts. And yeah, that's what they do. You know, I I, I had my hair cut so short one time. I was wearing camouflage pants, and uh, I had gone to this uh, military surplus store down the city, and I got a maroon uh, military beret. Figure, what the hell? Do something different. Put it more just like you know the military personnel do. You know, I go to walk yep. into my friend's building, and I got accused of being a skinhead. Oh, a geez. bunch of guys. A bunch of guys decided they didn't like skinheads, and one of them grabbed me by the throat, slammed me right into the brick wall. Had it not been for a peak skill cop showing up when he did, those guys would have beat the shit right out of me. He gets out of his car, he walks right up to, he starts walking up toward them. They didn't see him until he he was like maybe a couple of feet away and they let the guys let go of me right then and there. And the guy knew me and he goes, George, you okay? I said, I will be as soon as I get the hell out of here. All right. And he goes, what is the, he looks at the guy that held me by my throat and he goes, why were you holding him against the wall by the throat? And this better be good. I've known this young man since he was since he was very little, and if I don't like the answer I get, you are going to be going with me to the station house, and you'll be wearing those silver bra- those nice silver bl- bracelets on your wrists. The guy turned around and said, "Man, the motherfucker's a skinhead! Can't you tell?" Look at him. He grabs the beret yeah. off my head, throws it to the ground. Cop turned around and said, you've got five seconds to pick it up, brush it off, and hand it back to him before I throw you in the car for assault. So the guy picks it up, brushes it off, hands it back to me, and the cop says, now, if he's a skinhead, that's news to to him. If he's a skinhead, that'll be news to his mother. His brother, who, by the way, is bigger than he is. And you know, his you'll know his brother when you see him. Almost the same face, <laughs> but with a lot more muscle. The guy started... <laughs> these, these, were, these, guys, these guys were black 
and they start they started to they started to change and turn white as a sheet, figuratively speaking. And I turned around and I said, if I were a skinhead, you wouldn't be doing what you just did. Because I wouldn't right. be alone. Now get out of my way. Guy wouldn't budge, so I said, hey, uh, Tom, could you take a look, uh, just, just turn around for a minute and take a look at that at, 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 at the uh, Hook and Ladders uh, entry, exit garage? Does it look like the door is a little cockeyed? They might have to get a maintenance crew on that. So he turns, he turns his and faces his back to me. And just as he does that, I lifted my knee right into the guy's nuts, and he drops to his knees, and I said, you have a choice. Run or die. Nobody grabs <laughs> me by my throat and gets away with it. And nobody calls me a skinhead. Because if I were that kind of a racist prick, I'd have six guys with me of the same thought process. And we'd be beating the shit right out of you. Now leave. At that point, my face was was turning as red as my shirt. My neck was tightening up, and my eyes were starting to bulge in their sockets. Once I get to that point, once my temper goes to that to that extreme, right, you start shaking. No, no, I don't start shaking. Oh no, I just grabbed the person that tried to hurt me, and I literally will pound on them until they're a bloody smear on the ground. And it will take more than two people to pull me off that person. It would take at least six to ten people to try and yank me away from the guy. If that, if that wasn't the case, it would take one of two things to stop me, a tranquilizer dart or a bullet. Because when I get that angry, all bets are off. That guy crawled on his hands and knees, got up and ran, him and his friends. The cop turned around, faced, he turned around the opposite direction because they ran past him, so he wanted to make sure he didn't see them running. He turned and said, oh, I see the guy's left. You okay from here on, George? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Have a good day. And I walk inside the building. I did not tell my friend in the building what had happened because it would probably have scared the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. But well, this guy also knows the, the jobs I always did, you know, sure. You know, you see somebody, you know, 6'2", looks kind of skinny, but yet still I was 170 pounds. And... uh but yeah, it was. I always would usually have friends that would stand there and come on, come on, Dave, come on, let's go, let's go. Then of course you'd always hear the the smart ass saying, "Oh yeah, save his ass from getting his ass whooped." My friends would turn around. No, I'm saving you from a very expensive jaw. And that's what, you know they would tell him. And they know there was a lot of people, but a lot of people knew what I would do too. They they would see me, you know, when 
when I was at the truss factory, when we were building the roof trusses, you know, some of these trusses and stuff we did, the big ones, they, they'd have southern yellow pine, 2x8s and 2x10s. Well, you have to make so many trusses an hour because you, you needed to produce what they called 100 REs an hour per man. That's how you ran your 100%. And every truss was worth a set amount of REs. So, you know, you don't take a 2 by 8 and slowly put it up there and take, no, you grab the friggin' thing that's about 120 pounds and you heave that thing about 15 feet up into the jig. Then you grab the other top cord and you heave that friggin' thing up into the jig. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, S-Twings, I would swing a 32-ounce hammer. And I would swing that friggin' hammer eight eight to ten hours a day. And that's what I did. And like we were doing, it was, it was it was so funny one time. One of the guys, because uh, we were doing the truss at the top was a reinforced top, so I had sixteen foot friggin' two by eight southern yellow pine, and those were about a hundred and fifty pounds a piece. So I would grab one, and I would step, get right up onto the top of the table, and I'd walk up and toss it down, and turn around, grab the other one that I had sitting there on the edge, and pull that one up. And, take it over and set it down and the guy says hey Dave it's, it's the last truss you, you've got to bench press that last 2 by 10 at least twice so I stood there and or the 2 by 8 and I stood there and I pulled the last one up and right up in the chest right up over the head 10 times eight in a row then I walked over and tossed it down into the jig he just says screw you no, you can't. You're not my type. <laughs> but that's, you know, it was just, uh, but that's why I, I learned real quick, George, when I was young doing things like this, being the seamer guys that run the, the seamers. And, you know, these seamers for some of these steel bills, they're 80 pounds. And, you know, you lug that stuff. Around. And I, had, I learned at a young age, I had to watch my temper and not hit people because I'd hurt them. I'd, I'd really mess them up. You know, I'd defend myself if I had to, but I had to learn to walk away because I could really hurt somebody, and I knew I could. Oh, yeah, I, I know the feeling I, because right, the first time you know. I had that temper flare up the way, it does, the way it did, I was in high school at the time, and I was going to, a, I was going to the trade school right up the hill from, from, the, from where I went to school at. So... I'm at the trade school. I go to hit my locker so I can get my, my books and everything and get and grab the bus to go home. Well, this guy was learning janitorial services. And he was learning how to use a floor waxer. A floor waxer uh, slash buffing machine. And he was waxing the floor. Well, doing a touch-up, actually. And he hadn't even gotten anywhere near my locker yet. And he says, hey, man, you're going to have to wait till I'm done. I said, why? I, you're not even near my locker yet. I just want to get my books and my coat and go out to catch the bus. Well, this kid decided he didn't like that idea. He took, you know, the, the big plastic spray bottles that you can buy in the store, the empty ones? Yeah. 
Well, this thing had liquid wax in it, and he had, he set it on he set the sprayer on stream. He took the bottle, pointed, lifted his arm with it, point blank range. He 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 pulled the trigger. It missed hitting me altogether by a matter of inches. I dropped everything and I tackled this kid right there in the in the locker room. And I started pounding on him so hard, I fractured his eye socket, busted his jaw, knocked out several teeth, and I'm punching this kid so hard that, you know, he he his nose even started bleeding, his mouth was bleeding everywhere, and it, there were six teachers, good sized teachers, that tried to separate us. Well, they realized they weren't going to get him away from me because he was in no condition to fight. So they had, they all grabbed onto me and tried pulling me off, and they they had a hellish time to get me off the kid. Well, they finally get me off the kid, and the one teacher says, grab your stuff, go to the bus. When I got home, I found out what, how much damage I really did to the kid. They described the look on my face as being extremely red. Neck muscles were, were tightened up, and they saw the, the tension in my neck muscles. My eyes were open so wide, and my eyes were bulging so hard, they could have popped out of their sockets. I re that day I realized that my temper gets to that point. Whoever I'm beating on, is going to be a bloody smear. Right. And there's a guy that once in a while will call into this show. I know the guy personally. I've known him for years. Who keeps trying to tell me about my temper. He keeps <laughs> trying to bring up the subject about my temper. He's never seen my temper in its full, full-blown capacity. And I warn people, he's heard me give the same warning on this show, that if, they, if anyone ever sees that, there's only two ways to stop me, tranquilizer dart or a bullet. Because once I get to that point, there is no turning back. Right. There's no way to there calm me down. Friend, I'll be sorry to get and me in the martial arts. I said, Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> I got I got a cousin who's a Marine. He served in Vietnam. He taught me some of the skills to take a human life with one hand. To this day I still know those skills and with my temper the way it is the way it can get, if it gets to the point like as I, I described here, with those skills, I'd be on death row. I guarantee it. Right, and that's why I just, you know, I, I, I've done some things in my days. I, you know, I, I had to. Like I said, I will defend myself, and that's, and I, I've done some shit, and people have always wished that they had heeded the warning. Walk away, now. Yeah, what the fuck are you gonna do about it? You worthless half breed. Wrong words. Wrong oh words. boy. Very wrong. Yeah. 
If you think back in the 70s, you know, people don't realize they still, you know, in certain parts of this country, they didn't much care for natives, especially ones that would grow their hair long and just didn't give a shit about nothing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. But they, you know how you know how cruel kids and stuff are. If they know that they can pick you off, they're going to. It's the same thing we're seeing right now. The kids have nothing better to do than to sit at home. They're on the Internet, and they troll people. You, you had trolls last week. They were calling in, and, and that's it. The, the more that they see that they can agitate you, the more they're going to do it. And it, it's all over, uh, you know, YouTube. And that's why I, I, don't, I don't leave it, the comments on my, my YouTube videos. I just delete them. You know, I, I bite my tongue and I delete them because I've heard all well, kinds of crap. <clears throat> When when I when I do when when I, when I did use YouTube, even to this day, my my chat is disabled on YouTube. Right, right. Because I'm on multiple platforms that have chat. I can't monitor every single one of them all the time. One no, person doing it is it just, there's no way. So I had to learn though the hard way about turning off the chat on YouTube. Because this one character kept posting into that chat room, and you can only post but so fast. And then YouTube tells you you've got to wait. Well, he'd wait. Yeah, yeah. He would post post the most nasty, disgusting, sick, twisted shit you ever read. Well, Well, after that day, they were in the, the. The comments I under just, the videos. Well, I keep the comments to, you know, uh, dispa- disabled too. I disable yeah. the comments as well. You know, I got because I well, I I leave it on because I I do have people that that comment on because what, what I like. I mean, you know, I do a lot of biblical stuff on my YouTube videos. Uh, you know, ninety percent of it's biblical. And it's about the Bible and Bible studies and stuff like that. And of course, you put something like that on YouTube, and the atheists just love to come after you. And I don't give them the time of day. They're they're because uh, you can, like in the comment section below a YouTube video, if you go into your settings, you can put keywords, and those keywords that comment will be held for review. So I have the key words there. You know, sometimes they're used innocently. So I'll release, you know, I'll say I'll approve the comment. But a lot of times it's atheist. And they, I mean, they are some of the most vile, vile people around. Unbelievable. Twitter was the same way. When I was on Twitter, that's where I had to tell the wife, like, you know, you you got to stop talking to people on there and tell the people that we had lost a child at two years old to SMA and stuff because some of the stuff that would come out of the, the haters' mouths was unbelievable, unbelievable. And I, well, I, can, I, don't miss I don't I can certainly imagine because I've seen, I've seen uh, videos on YouTube where parents would would share the most heart wrenching stories about the loss of their child, 
And I remember this one video. The mother lost twin girls. They died at, 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 at three months of age. Apparently there was like there was some sort of genetic illness that or genetic disease that they both ended up with, and it took them at three months old. And I went to I was going to write a comment to say you know I'm so sorry you know that you for your loss and you know always know that you know that that God is God is not going to forget you is, is not going to is not going to walk away from you in your time of need you know and before i could even put that first word on there i read this one comment it was one sentence and it pissed me off big time this yep. guy wrote the <clears throat> the disease should have taken you as well your kids are better off better off dead than alive. That's what this guy wrote. So I replied to him. Now at the time I was using a different name than the one I use on YouTube now. And I put in there, "Hey dirtbag, would you like to be paid a visit?" I had the resources because the name I was using was Guard MP01. One for the year I joined the Guard. My name wasn't associated with the account except, you know, in my initial setup. So when I wrote this, I included, oh, and by the way, I'm a cop. Enjoy your visit with Bubba. <laughs> if you make it there. Well, yeah, I, I, I was I through in, in person. Oh, well, I no way. I wasn't letting this go. I wasn't. So the very next day, no, I had to I go was, to the base, and I we had a field office for the FBI. I printed out, I made a printout of what was there. I, I, I did a, I, I, I just hit print and it printed out that page. I took that page to the FBI field office at the base, showed it to my friends in the field office, and they, they went and dug, dug right into, the, into this username that made that comment. They got him. Oh yeah, they nailed him, and you'll never they guess will. where this guy lived. He oh, lived right in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, and I—they showed a picture of him in the paper, and I looked at the kid, and I'm going, "Oh fuck, I know his father," because his father is a is a volunteer fireman. And I've known this guy since I was 10 years old. Yeah, they're usually the worst trolls. They're ki- you know, these well, kids from 
I I walked up to a, to his father uh, at at the firehouse days later, and I I said, "What's happened with your son?" He goes, "How did you know he was in jail?" I said, "Well, I didn't say I I didn't say anything about him being in jail. I just said I I just said what's going on with your son." He goes, "What do you know, George?" So I told him, and he goes. Maybe this will straighten his ass out. Right. His father could not believe that his son would do something that disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And they, they usually never do. I, I know everything my boys do. I keep an eye on them. And they never like that. But I when I went to school, what I really thought was wrong, when I went to school, the phys ed teacher we had, he was always flirty with the high school girls, and he ended up marrying a girl from my class, and he was like 15 years old. But I always heard that he still would not leave the girls alone. So they took him out of the high school, get this, and they put him in the friggin' elementary school. So you, you take a pervert and you make him a pedophile. And it, it was always disgusting, but uh, it was our um, 10-year class reunion. And my brother, my younger brother, had now become a pastor in a church. And this teacher comes up and comes to me and he says, you didn't become a pastor, did you? I go, oh, no, that was my younger brother. I worked for the FBI. I investigate teachers that prey on students. And I turned and walked right away. <laughs> uh, by the way, no way. Um, while we've been sitting here talking, because I, I, uh, I have your YouTube channel in my uh, favorites, the, uh, yeah. the, the channels I, I like. <clears throat> And I'm looking at your April 4th. I just happened to start your April 4th video. And if this is you, I'm looking at with the American flag, a motorcycle flag in the center, and I don't know what. Oh, and don't, and don't tread on me flag to the right of that. Uh, if that's you, you're right. You don't look your age, pal. Seriously. That's me. That is, that's me. You do not look like you're 56 years old, brother. I'm telling you right now, you do not look it. Holy mackerel. Yeah, the the boys, that's what they did. Like, you saw the the picture of the front. Did you see the picture of the front of the house, my flags? Uh, The main flag's no longer there. Uh, My birthday on Monday, my son got me a Confederate flag. It's the Confederate flag with the snake, do not tread on me. Embroidered in the middle of it And the one you're looking at There behind me Is an American flag with a do not They, they run out of flags to, to find For me <laughs> So they, they they always They get me flags My oldest has got me one that A guy takes pallet wood And he makes an mm-hmm. American flag He paints on it So I have that here I want to hang that up behind for a backdrop But I mean it, that's a heavy flag it, you know, made out of wood and stuff. But yeah, I have flags all over the place. But yeah, that's that's me. That is me. 
You can probably see my nice blonde hair. Uh, yeah. I'll tell yeah. you right now, you've seen what I look like. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure by now you've seen what I look like. So there's really no way there's no mistaking this uh, this mug of mine. I had somebody say to me, you look like you're angry all the time, George. And I'm like, <laughs> what makes you say that? And because I don't smile a lot, and my eyes are, I always keep my eyes squinting closed like I'm, and my eyebrows flattened kind of. I look like I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the right buzzword to go, dead meat. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's funny you say that about you because when I went, when I went for my uh, senior class pictures, you know, you always go to a professional, get your senior graduation pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the guy, when when he's taking the proofs, he's saying, okay, smile. Okay, don't smile. Jeez, I'm crow. Are you that angry? And I go, what? He says, when you don't smile, you look like you're ready to kill somebody. <laughs> and it's like, you told me not to smile. So I didn't smile. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing, funny thing today is too, still the same. Is I I I look the same way when I don't smile and I just look at you in a serious face. You, you'd swear I was angry because it was yeah. real funny when I went to my my nephew's wedding here about um, two and a half years ago, and I kept getting these looks from people and these looks from people and these looks from people. And, you know, I'm in a Friggin' three-piece suit and everything out, and had my hair pulled back, nice and neat, and everything out. And on the way home, I said, I don't know what it was. I, what is it? The people looking at, and my youngest son looks. He's dad. You look like a politician or a lawyer. And I go, son. Politicians are lawyers. And they're all corrupt. He says, "Well, that's the problem. You look like he says you look like you're a very." He, he says, "You you look like you are, you would just destroy people." So I look like I'm in the mafia. Okay, yeah. He said, "If that's the way you want to put it." And I said, "Huh? No wonder those people from New Jersey didn't like it much." I, 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 the only time I ever wore a suit outside of my uh, class A's uh, was at my brother's wake, and I'm standing, I'm, I'm standing outside smoking a cigarette, and one of my brother's friends, who I hadn't seen probably in a good twenty-five or thirty years, was at the wake. And I don't think I don't even think my siblings recognize this guy because they, they didn't even I don't think they even talked to him because you know, there were so many people there. So I'm standing outside. I'm having my cigarette. He he lights up and he looks at me and he goes, "Yeah, it's him. It's you, all right." And I said, "Excuse me." 
He goes, you don't know me, do you? I said, nope, sorry, can't place the face. <laughs> he goes, well, I know you. You're Bill's brother. You're his kid brother with the big mouth and the and and, and the and the nasty habit when you were a kid of take of, of breaking into his his strong box where he kept his CB radio microphone and getting on his CB radio in the bedroom until he caught you. Yeah. At this point, I'm starting real uptight because this guy knows things about me that most people didn't. That was one story that barely got told by by Billy or me. And the only people that really knew it were fellow CB radio operators at the time. And his, his, his friend had happened to be one of them. Well, no way, I'll tell you what. Between you, me, and the four winds, this guy, I, I, I asked him four times, who are you? He finally told me, he says, George, you mean you don't, you really don't know? I said, dude, I wouldn't have asked you for your fucking name if I knew who the fuck you were. <laughs> right. And he goes, uh, yep, you are definitely Billy's brother, all right. You get pissed off just as he did. Only worse. I said, well, would you mind right. telling me? And I, at this point, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly pissed off, not angry to the point of turning red, but just thoroughly pissed off. And I blurted out at the top of my lungs, who the fuck are you? <laughs> there were people standing in the vestibule of the, of the, of the funeral home, and <laughs> they just looked over in my direction <laughs> like, like I had just committed a heinous crime. And, I, right. and he goes, right. George, it's me, Otto. I'm like, Otto? This guy used to be skinny as a freaking rail when I when I knew him at the time. He's right. as big as I am now, about three and change. Wow. And but his is all muscle. This guy is all muscle. And I said, "Damn, yeah. dude, who are you trying to impress?" Ronda Rousey, the MMA fighter? And he goes, no. I said, well, then who are you trying to impress? Miss America? He goes, no. I said, well, then what the hell? You, what, how, what gym do you work out in? He goes, Gold's Gym. The, when I can't get there, I work out in my basement. Uh, I go to Planet Fitness. Take a pick. I said, well... Yeah, see, I, I, I never you, went to you, you. You recognized me, but I didn't recognize you at all. He said, George, it's probably best that you didn't recognize me. Now I'm sorry I told you who I am, because now... Now, I gotta, now I'm going to have to talk to you. I said, is that such a bad thing? He goes... If you're anything today like you were back then, I'm running away. Yeah, there's a lot of people that they shy away. Well, he he reminded me of all the stuff that I used to pull with my brother and him. It's scary, you know, when you don't see somebody for many years. 
Um, well, when somebody – that's the way it was for years with me is, like, when somebody would pick on my sister back when I really cared for her, uh, when somebody would pick on my sister, like, ah, my older brother, ah, well, he don't care about Steve. She goes, oh, no, I'm calling Dave. And they would just, whoa, no. Because they knew I was I was the one that I I would act first and then think about it. But then after I acted, then, it, you know, and I, you're thinking about it, it's like, oh, damn, what a stupid move. But, yeah, I... Uh, Sounds like I, me when I, I get did, I get to the extreme anger and my everything. I don't think about what I'm gonna do, I just do. Right. I I've been in a lot anything. of trouble over the years for it. A lot. Hey, you know, quite a few big doctors bills too. <laughs> brother, I'll tell you what. Not for me, but for the other people. I had to, it sounds like we both had to learn through trial and error and so forth, you know, to to keep our tempers in check. You know? And that's why I tell people up front, you make me angry to the point where I'm turning as red as, as, red as an apple, my neck tightens up, my eyes look like they're going to pop out of their sockets, leave. Run as fast as you can to get away from me. Because if I get my hands on you, I will I will make you a bloody smear on the pavement and not care. I give that warning and some people heed it, others take it as a threat. They never did. Yeah. And you know what? I tell people the when they say I'm threatening them, I tell them no, I'm not threatening you. I'm telling you exactly what will happen if you don't stop pissing me off. I don't, you don't people. I promise them. I promise you. <laughs> oh, I stop making promises. I issue guarantees. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people, I guarantee you will be a bloody smear on the pavement. Well, I, I think when, when the wife, when she, she'll always tell everybody, when she knew that she, we were meant to be, we were only together for about two years, um, uh, she was like eight and a half months pregnant with our first one, our first boy. And we moved into an apartment, a bigger apartment. Well, that first night we were there, somebody come walking right into the the apartment. And she learned real quick, that's not a thing to do around me because I grabbed my 32 pistol. I sleep in the nude. And when I realized what I was doing, I was standing outside in the parking lot, naked with a thir- loaded thirty-two pistol, looking for the <laughs> idiot that walked into my apartment. And it's like, oops, right back in I went. And by then, she's, I just called the cops. And, Good thing I got back in here, standing with a loaded thirty-two <laughs> pistol, start friggin' naked. And I, I think I think that part, when that person saw a naked guy running down the hall with a thirty two, who's in here? And he saw that gun and I just saw this streak right back out the door he went. And I think what it was, I think it was probably the person that had just moved out because the door was locked and they unlocked the door. So I would say they kept and there's a lot of that that went on around back then in the, the early nineties. They would move out of an apartment and keep their keys. 
And they turned and came walking back in this apartment, and boy, they got an awful surprise. You just entered the wrong apartment. But yeah, well, start naked. They chased them right out of the freaking building. Uh, I'm going to have to close up shop in a minute, but I'm going to tell you the story real quick. Back back when I was working as a security guard, uh, I had a neighbor who was a a state trooper. He was a friend of mine. Well, he had a shotgun that he kept in his house. Well, he was going on vacation. He left the ammunition locked in the safe. But the shotgun, he emptied it out, made sure it was empty, and he brought it over to me. And he said, George, would you mind holding on to this till I get back from vacation? I said, sure. I said, it's not loaded, is it? He says, nope. We checked. Totally empty. I put it up, along, up, uh, up on, the, uh, on the door frame of the closet. And I'm getting, the, my doorbell keeps getting rung by, 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 by this, this, this one character. Wouldn't stop bugging me after I told him I was trying to sleep because I had to work. Well, finally I got tired of it. I threw my ba- I'm in my, I'm in pajamas. I grabbed my bathrobe, throw that on, grab the shotgun, walk down the back stairs because it's the, the only way I could get in and out of my apartment. Come up the side of the up, of the house, and the guy, by the way, is a Mormon. I oh. took the shotgun and went. Can I help you? The guy didn't even bother with the first step. He just jumped off the porch and ran. Have a nice day. And I walked back in the house and put the shotgun down and went back to bed. (laughs) Never saw that guy again. Well, no way. I got to fly, but it's been fun. I'll be on again tomorrow night, Thursday night at 11 p.m., so um, I hope you can join in. Yeah, I'll, I'll see how but, the minutes uh, hold up on this. I'm using yeah, the back I'm, I'm Oh. Well, if you can join, do. If you can't, no big. You know, I, I understand. But in the interim, Gunslinger, if you're, if you're still there somewhere hiding, and Billy, if you're awake, uh, not Billy, uh, Dave, if you're awake, Probably not, but uh, that's it for this edition of Firefox News Online. I'm George Sinzer, and for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. Wild Talk Radio is going to cut us off in a few seconds, so I won't get to do the close the normal way with that, but on the other platforms, I will. So, y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful, and if you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. And remember that Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions, any rebroadcast transcript either in whole or in part without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, that's me, is expressly forbidden, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Night, y'all. And I may as well just wait for BTR to shut me down. In four, three, two, one. That's all, folks. I think. <laughs>